Steve 3PO is a photo manipulation artist, adventurer, and future interplanet documentarian. Much of his work specializes in creating art that transforms seemingly mundane objects into stunning visualizations. A general theme throughout his work is his exploration of the unknown, whether referencing our home planet or the vast, mysterious cosmos. While not necessary to appreciate his art, speaking with Steve gives one a sense of his infinite curiosity and what kind of mentality it takes to explore such gargantuan ideas in ways that are accessible to the human condition. Our conversation was recorded on December 1st, 2021. Please note that Steve's audio quality can be quite spotty at times due to technical difficulties, but his message and ideas come through all the same. You are listening to Artists on Cardano. To support this podcast, please subscribe and follow us on social media. You can also donate ADA to dollar sign Arts on Cardano, that's A-R-T-S-O-N-C-A-R-D-A-N-O, to help us document the ever-burgeoning landscape of Cardano NFT creators. And now, a conversation with Steve 3PO. Just wants to be like a nice, chill exploration of everything, nothing like too formal, and uh, just mostly just to understand like your art first and foremost, and whatever parts of you that you're comfortable with sharing um, that affect that and that guide that and so on. Okay, yeah, no, I'm uh, pretty much an open book, but yeah, I'm keeping my face out of it as of right now, and I'm pretty low key on my location. Not because I'm like trying to hide, like I really didn't give a shit, but yeah. like more or less, like it's just uh, like it doesn't matter. Like um, the art that I do and the, the things that I create, like it's totally separate than my real life. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I don't really like want to bring up my real name and my real stuff because like, I don't know, at the end of the day, it, it doesn't matter. The the art and what I, what I create and the stories that I tell should matter. Yes. So that's kind of my philosophy behind it. So I just want to get that out of the way. So you're not like, oh, who's the shady character behind <laughs> this computer? <laughs> nah, man, I, I don't assume anything like that, of course, but, uh, but it's really good to know your perspective on it because everybody has different reasons in this space for that. And like I totally understand the privacy aspect, but it's cool to hear that like it's much more geared towards the art side of like why you're doing that. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Like, which I really respect. It, it very reminds me like Satoshi Nakamoto esque kind of. It's like we don't want the creator to interfere with the product in a way. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I haven't been like too deep into Bitcoin. I, I know who he is, but I don't really know his morals or anything. But gotcha. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Like it's it's just an interesting aspect for me because. If we're building like this kind of world that's completely different than normal like world and capitalism and all this stuff, like yeah, then the name shouldn't matter. The 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 art, the the value, the whatever you produce into the ecosystem should matter. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. No, I, I couldn't agree more. Because um, if anything, it just becomes distracting in the end, and that's one of the reasons why. Like, um, and we could talk about all this stuff, like, because I am interested. It's it sounds like you you came into the space much more as a result of the art and the communities like taking you in in that way, versus like being into crypto and then finding NFTs out that way kind of thing. Is that is that like correct or? Uh, yes. Okay. So like a brief story. So like I was kind of interested in investing in stuff for the past probably two and a half three years. So I did the whole like stock trading, I did the whole day trading, I did the whole option shit like. Wasted so much time doing that. And <laughs> eventually got into crypto. Um, I think the first thing that I bought was, yeah, I think I bought a tenth of a Bitcoin or something like like early last year or early this year, so like January. So that that got me pretty interested and got me into everything. And obviously, like most people, they get into the Doge coins or whatever. That was definitely me. Um, <laughs> of course. 
I didn't <laughs> ever, like, make crazy money from it, but I was in it and stuff. But, yeah, like, then eventually it transitioned to me, like, okay, like, what actually is this technology? Like, wh- what am I buying? Like, this is, this is <laughs> yeah. silly. This is nonsense. So, yeah, like, actually learning about what kind of these things are and, and what they do and how they can improve economies and the world and, and I don't know, just society as a whole, like, went down that whole rabbit hole, right? So obviously eventually stumbled into Charles, stumbled into Ada, stumbled into kind of what he's brought to, I guess, the table in, in terms of cryptocurrency. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, without rambling too much, I've always looked out into like leaders of like any anything first. So I guess Elon Musk is a really easy scapegoat. He's a like, his mindset and stuff is like, it trickles down the line in his business and in his work. So seeing Charles mindset being, I don't know, in my opinion, very spiritual, very like mindful, very, um, I guess woke what's that, as the kids call it. Um, that <laughs> very that, logic based. Yeah. Like that trickled down the entire ecosystem and it trickles down to everyone in Cardano in, in one way or another. So seeing that and seeing how that operates, I was like, yeah, like I want to be a part of this on like an investor side. Um, so definitely like, got some ADA and then eventually when NFT started coming out, um, it's, it's, it's kind of a funny story. I, I, this is probably going to come back to haunt me, but I only put my art on the Cardano marketplace out of spite, believe it or not. So (laughs) I, I was seeing news article after news article of these like Fucking sorry, am I supposed to cuss or anything? You you can by the way ramble away, curse, do, do like as informal and comfortable as you want. Okay, totally. Um, yeah, so yeah, so I I put my art out of spite. So day after day, seeing like these new news articles of like these fucking rocks that are selling these like little like pixel <laughs> things, and I was just like, it's literally like a whole week of just like seeing like thousands if not millions of dollars for these like stupid like things i was like what what the fuck is happening like why is this what is this nft thing so i like i've been a digital artist for a while right and i've had all this stuff on hard drives and whatever like most people's story kind of but i was Mm -hmm. like okay let me let me let me just make some make some new art so i opened up photoshop and i opened up like a little like 16-bit file Okay. And I started making these like stupid little dinky pixel characters. Like I was making a little like lobster and I was making like little like like peyote and like little like drugs, like mushrooms and stuff. And I was like I was like, yeah, like I'm gonna bring this art to the ecosystem and have like a mindfulness, like a like a drug, like a woke kind of like uh, I guess backing behind it. And I like looked at all these like pixel things. I was like, man, like do I really have to like succumb down to like this pixel art thing to like release in this community like I was, I was like looking and researching i was like there's no rules saying like it has to be like a certain pixel size there's, there's there's no rules saying it has to be like this it's just like original art i was like okay like after me spending like a day or so like making that pixel stuff i was like okay you know what like i have all this like crazy photorealism like photo manipulation stuff like i don't know let's just put it up and like see if people want it and then yeah, with, within a week, I can't remember the exact metrics, but yeah, like the Cardano community immediately saw it and was just like, holy shit, like this is different. This is something. And then, yeah, I guess from there, it's just kind of been a crazy ride that I'm just like adapting to and learning from the community. And um, yeah, it's 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 been wild. I mean, quit my job because of it. So, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's all it's all crazy. It's all unreal. And it's 
I don't know, still kind of hard to like even materialize it or like fathom it. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. It's just total lifestyle change. It seems like, or it, it seems honestly like the dream came true in a way. It's like you could sustain yourself from your art. You you don't need to do things that don't sustain you, like mentally and energetically, and so on. Yeah, no, I, totally. I mean, the whole off ramp from crypto into fiat currency is is the current thing I'm trying to figure out how to do that right. But I mean, essentially, yeah, like essentially, like that's that's what happened. I either subconsciously or not put that intention in into i guess the world and it came back to me just you know 6 years later so it's 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 kind of crazy for me that it, that it was even i guess possible and it is happening so yeah like i'll i'll, I'll preface before i say this like i'm pretty like kind of like i would say spiritual rather than anything at this point in my life right now so i'm uh, trying to like articulate things to not sound crazy but like (laughs) growing up like religious and stuff like I never felt like I fit that thing very well and then as I kind of grew up into my adulthood I was like always kind of chasing this thing that was supposed to like um I guess complete me without sounding like too cheesy or just like maybe just be a part of something bigger myself and I was I I feel like I've really been looking for that for like past four or five years since I've kind of like left this religious aspect and certain aspects I'm not going to say like it's a religion but like certain aspects of the Cardano community and what I've been a part of like make me so excited to like be alive and like produce so like as as weird of a thing like I when I tell my friends this they're like what the fuck but like as as weird as it sounds like kind of like a life some life accomplishments and like mentally like big questions that I've been asking have been found inside of cryptocurrency. Like, of, of all the freaking things that I could have guessed would have come out of, it's coming out of a blockchain technology where I'm meeting strangers online, sharing my art. Like, like how? So, I, I guess it's... Lately, I've been trying to think of it like bigger bigger things like that. Like, it really like feels like it completes a, a different part of my life that I've been searching for. Totally, man. No, it makes so much sense, especially coming at it from the religious context of which you know, for better or for worse, and, you know, everybody has their own opinions, uh, like, religion is something that tries to bring people together, you know, again, for better or for worse. Um, but, like, seeing this technology do that in real time in ways that are, like, tangible and and all that stuff, like, that's, I, I think it's totally a legit connection in terms of, like, functionality as far as that goes. Uh, yeah. I've, I've said this a few times, but, um, yeah, like, as, as wacky as it sounds, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, like, human like spirituality and technology are connected as as polar opposite as they seem there's there's been too many like coincidences in this past three or four months that like you know my intentions my whatever that i'm putting from my brain from a human subconscious is transferring through this technology and I, i can't prove that at all it's a theory but it's like there's too many coincidences where this happened. I'm just like, no, like they're connected somehow in maybe ways that we don't understand. But yeah, like, sorry to interrupt. What can't you prove about it exactly? Because it seems like in a way, I mean, just from a very like objective standpoint, like just taking your art and as as an example, like something that obviously like started inside you subconsciously and then was transmitted throughout the world and literally like, is connecting with like that that is provable in that sense no 
Yeah, I mean, like, for, for me, myself, I can prove that. But, I mean, someone else from the outside in, like, showing that metric, like, there's there's no way to, like, uh, like visibly see that, like, I guess, whatever I'm putting in and it coming back. Other than, like, I guess the value in that which is tied to a currency, which doesn't really make sense. So, uh, yeah, like, I guess from the outside in, if I was explaining that to someone, it's it's hard to, like, I guess, prove. No, I, I hear what you're saying, definitely. I guess the crux of the 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 matter there is like what what is currency exactly like what does money or value and all that stuff stand for obviously like that can go in a really dark direction but in some ways too it can kind of go in a really beautiful direction as far as like in some ways money equals freedom currency you know if if you have it in this world right now like you're able to do what you would like to do and and therefore like somebody bestowing that on somebody else is in some way like giving trust or, I mean, you, you could fo- call it a form of energy too. I mean, and depending on the intention and so on. So I think like from that standpoint, it, it could be construed and, you know, depending how people view it, of course, but, sure. but yeah, like what, what do you think of all that? Oh dude. Yeah. I'd love to go on a rabbit hole about this. Okay. So how I, I guess think about money is it, it's, yeah, it's, it's stored energy. And what I like to do is kind of take people on this thing of like pulling back. So, yeah, so we're current current stage, we're in like the credit card stage, we're like moving towards cryptocurrency, right? Okay, but like let's look look back a little bit and like we remember the gold standard, so like that's when everything was backed by gold, and then you go back some further and we're like trading with gold. I'm looking at like society as a whole right here, right? So yes. before that, we're like, you know, moving around like herbs and like pelts and like all the stuff. Before that, like I guess if you think of like the most prehistoric like village that you can think of, like all that's going on there is like some guy has some wheat, some guy has some corn, whatever. They establish a trade and that happens. So for a long time, you know, I'd I'd be like, okay, like go a step back. What is what's going on there? And it's like the energy from the sun, the water, the time. You can you can articulate all those factors into that Mm -hmm. product, Mm -hmm. and you can say, okay, money is energy. And you're like, oh yeah, for sure. But like. Recently, I have this crazy, like, I guess, epiphany where it's like if if those two villagers that's happening in your mind weren't there, that currency would never exist. It's like that that exchange would never exist. So you got this little village in your mind and you realize light bulb community is like the currency. If you don't have two people willing to exchange their value, you don't have a currency. This this whole money thing is uh, it's fabricated. It's fake, right? As we know, like the, the U.S. dollar is the most fake thing in the world. So, sure is. yeah, we've 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 made this this thing in our heads that we've established a value to. But okay, let's, let's take it away. Like, let's say worst case scenario, shit hits the fan, wars break out, the asteroid hits, whatever. Like, money money deletes itself. Like, okay, if you don't have anybody to help you out, if you don't have anyone to get you resources, food, shelter, whatever. You're you're done. Like you don't totally. you don't live. So without that community, you you don't survive. So yeah, like that's kind of crazy pulling out of yourself. But no, no, that makes total sense. And, and and it's it shows how like money is the most superficial aspect of that whole like layering system. Really, like that that's just that's just at this point because of globalism, because of scaling. Really, like and and being able to communicate and transact around the world and so on. Like money is just the easiest way to do it. And I guess it's just gotten so disconnected. But you're, you're totally right. You take all those layers away, and you know you're totally screwed. Like, what's what's a million dollars going to do for you in a world where like more than half the people are dead, and like 
nobody gives a shit about the dollar anymore. <laughs> so yeah, no, totally. That's that's very cool thinking of it that way. Going back into like the your actual like art aspect, um, okay. like some qualities of it. Something I noticed a lot, obviously, is that you um, you explore like things about outer space and um, and also the ocean, like in a big way. And it's impossible not to notice how the two are like very connected in a lot of ways, similar and dissimilar at certain intersections. Uh, like, how do you how do you think of that? Is that like like what got you into exploring these things? What what attracts you so much to those concepts? Oh, that's a great question. I love it. Um, yeah, so I think ever since I was a pretty young kid, I was always fascinated with space. Um, mm. Yeah, like, I guess really since, I guess, like, probably really little, you know, in, like, second or third grade, they're like, what are you, you going to do when you grow up? That whole story. I, I don't think I said it, but, like, I think in my subconscious, I was like, okay, like, I want to get to space in some way, shape, or form. So as, as that evolved through, like, my maturing in high school, whatever, I was, you know, getting interested in photography, I was getting interested in art, I was getting interested in design, and I was like, I mean, like, I don't know if I really thought this or not, but, like, maybe just later, but it's like, okay, how can I take this medium, like, especially photography, and use that in a productive way to, I guess, go to space, right? Okay, like, every kid who picks a photographer wants to do cool things, but, like, actually articulating that what does that mean? So as of like probably the past four or five years, I've always told myself that like, I want to be an interplanetary space documenter. Okay. So like when, when we go to Mars, when we go to mo- the moon, we start building bases. Someone's got to document that and like bring that, like basically what's happening back down to earth. So that sparked like a like thing in me. It's like, okay, how do I do that? Like, I'm not, I'm not going to go to, like, six years of aero science space <laughs> school to learn that. I was like, how, how am I going to do that? And so with the space aspect, I've always, like, toyed at that with my art. So it's like, someday we're going to be an interplanetary species. Someday, like, all these things are going to break. Money's going to break. Like, what, what's, what's the deeper root behind a lot of these things that we're doing? So the space theme, that's definitely where that, that comes from. Uh, whether that happens or not, I don't know if, if that's like a funny thing that I'm gonna laugh about when I'm older, or it's gonna be like, yeah, I set that when I was young, and I'm look at I'm in space now. I don't know. But, Who knows, um, man? I mean, yeah. and you're certainly, if anything, you're kind of setting yourself up in a way like you're doing like all the pre work, like from like an imaginary perspective, if you will. Yeah. No, I mean, like there's there is some um, like decently like not too far out of the question possibilities with even this thing. Um, yeah, like, I'll, I'll talk about the documentary later, but yeah, sure, the sure. thing that I'm working on is, uh, like, a definite possibility to tell these stories around the world. So, um, okay, but, yeah, so, like, the space aspect of my art, like, that's definitely where it comes from. Obviously, like, growing up as, like, a Star Wars kid, like, the whole C-3PO, oh, yeah. like, that's that's in the name. So, <laughs> um, definitely. Which which I would love to, like, talk about some Star Wars later, if that's cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure, definitely. Awesome. Um, and then the ocean stuff, so... I've been fortunate enough to travel quite a bit around the world, um, mm-hmm. everywhere from like Indonesia to like the waters of Thailand, um, sometimes in Hawaii. But like basically, when I'm in those waters, I've kind of learned how to free dive. So what I do is I basically just you know have a mask and a snorkel, and I sit at the top of the water and just do like breathing exercises. And then you have fins on, and then you take a breath, and you go basically as deep as you want, as long as you want in the water. And you equalize, and it's it's a it's a whole thing, but it's not scuba diving. It's just one breath, one experience. 
So wow. Since, how, how long? How long can you stay under ish? Um, if I'm not moving too much, it's like around two minutes in the water. If I'm completely still, it's closer to three. But holy shit! Like if you're if you're kicking, you're using energy. Like you know, you can you can you're using that. Um, wow! And you, so you can like tell as that's happening, you can be like, oh shit, I moved my like right hand too much, and that's like now I have like a second <laughs> left kind of thing. Like you, you, can you feel it like to some um, degree? Like yeah, like to some degree, but. I mean, it's just, I guess, just energy. But, um, yeah, like, so doing that is is a huge, like, mental thing. Like, I'd probably say it's 80% mental, like, 20%, like, actually holding your breath. So it's, like, yeah, it's, like, the most serene, still environment that I've ever put myself in is just, like, you know, 60 feet under the water with the, only the oxygen that's left in my lungs. And I'm, you know, compressed, and it's just me down there. And it's just still. Like, there is nothing. There is no noise. There is no air. There's nothing. So yeah. putting yourself in that environment where you're just like, holy shit. And I'm only, like, you know, 50, 60 feet deep at, at the most. At, at the most, I think I've been 70. But, like, anyway. That's, that's still a lot. I mean. That's, that's a lot for us. But, like, <laughs> yeah, compared, us, to, yeah. compared to, like, what's down in our oceans, like, we have no clue. Like, that that ominous kind of, like void and like quietness is like all in the same water that I'm connected to so I guess the probably where it comes through in the art is just like the curiosity it's like you know like I said 50 60 feet is deep but it's not at all compared to some other parts so it's like the mystery the curiosity of our own oceans so that's that's probably where the ocean comes from is definitely actually is is once I started like free diving and spending time in the ocean um I guess that's probably where some of the ocean art came from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That makes sense. It's cool. You're like clearly some part of you is very attracted to that, like unknown, the abyss, yeah, kind of thing. Super, yeah. super it's, awesome. I mean, it's just like I guess maybe a human quality of just like we don't really know why we're here, so why not yeah. ask questions? <laughs> yeah, and in some tangible way, it's like looking at an actual like space aspect of things, like like, and I mean space in the general sense of just like. You know, whether it's in the water or here or out, you know, by Mars, like it's that's some tangible way of trying to like answer that question, if you will, or or yeah. go towards it. Um, but man, that's man, that must be an incredible experience. What you're describing is, and just I can only imagine. I, I'm a yoga practitioner, I'm Ashtanga yoga practitioner, and so I deal with breath. And like, I can't imagine like <laughs> being 50, 60 feet under and just being like, okay, you're not gonna die. Like that feeling, like you think you're gonna die, like you're not. It's cool. It's cool. Like that must be a very like. Did were you able to just kind of go right into that, or was oh, there no. a huge learning curve? Okay, oh, yeah. a huge learning curve. It takes it takes months to years, and um, yeah, like I, I'm not like a professional. I just do it for fun. Um, but it's definitely like a really good, I guess, uh, mentality exercise and something that just kind of makes you remember how small you are and that. Yeah, that, that feeling of like, yeah, I'm down here and I'm not going to die and, I, and I'm safe and I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like, yeah, it, it's it's definitely uh, a task, um, but it's it's not unattainable for anyone. And, you know, similar to a lot of experiences we have as humans, you know, that kind of experience, you know, relates to other things, you know, how you handle stress, how you handle all these things. So um, I guess for you, like, yeah, it's, it's not unattainable, you know, whether you have a fear of the ocean or not, like, I don't know. It's it's in your head. It's it's in your head. So like totally. Um, yeah, it's all fake. It's all fake. <laughs> yeah. So just like getting over some of those things is 
um, I don't know. It's it's fascinating to kind of toy with those things of just like, you know, yeah, there's critters in here that could like eat me in one gulp, but they're not. There's things in here that can kill me if, if I touch it wrong, but I'm not going to die. If I get in a hole and I don't come out, I, I could die. But like you accept it. It's like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm thinking too deep, but it's almost like you accept the factors of death that are always around you. Totally. I mean, it forces you to be in that situation. You, you have to, or else you can't, you just get out of the situation, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so that must be like such a crazy, cool experience. Yeah. What, what do you do with like, I know you're interviewing me, but what do you do with yoga and stuff? So yeah, I started off, I got like my teacher training, uh, like, I don't know, five or six years ago. And uh, in vinyasa, you know, because, you know, if my mom's bipolar, like lots of anxiety in my family, all that stuff. And I was like, I don't want to just like go on meds, like nothing against meds, mm-hmm. but like, I, I don't want to just like do that first. I want to just like try other shit first. Yeah. And, um, and so, uh, my composition teacher got me into yoga and then my friend introduced me to Ashtanga yoga, which is, uh, are you familiar at all with it? Um, I've heard of, uh, vinyasa, but I haven't heard of this, the second one. So Ashtanga is kind of like the OG vinyasa as, as far as I'm aware, lineage wise, it's, um, Basically, like vinyasa, they can change up poses and sequences. It has like a general like you know archetype, if you will, just because certain things work well mm-hmm. in large uh, segments. But um, yeah, you could do whatever you want with that. Essentially, with Ashtanga, it's like this very like like the point is to literally just get get into first of all create habits. You know, create some sort of habit that is not tied to like how you feel. That's just like something that you do. Um, and, and then to like, basically, you know, they call it getting the body ready for like enlightenment and all that stuff, whether, you know, you subscribe to that or not. Um, and I, you know, and my opinions about all that is like, who the hell knows, like totally believable to me that it's possible. But the way I use it, at least it's, it's, it's like just something stable in my life. You do it six days a week. You do the same exact postures, takes about an hour and a half or so, uh, super, super oriented on the breath and what they call the bandhas, these like energetic locks that you do uh, with your muscles internally. And, um, and yeah, definitely has been like a huge part of my life as far as just like something stable, something that's like not like rocking around like the rest of the freaking world, basically. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. And, and I don't know, I don't know if you were saying this or not, but like kind of, you know, the regimen aspect yeah, like humans at some point kind of need that. And like, that's where, um, you know, like these ideas and religious come about. And I don't know, like on that, like spiritual path talk is like, yeah, like it, it works for some people and it doesn't for others. And like, that's okay. Like, I think the sooner we come to that realization as a, as a society, like the better we're going to get along with each other because yeah, there, at the end of the day, there's almost 8 billion of us on this little rock it's like, are we really all supposed to think the same? Like spiritually, like, are we really supposed to be all doing the same thing? It's kind of ridiculous. So, um, yeah, like with, with yoga and stuff, I've definitely like tried it. I definitely tried different aspects of it. I'm, I like like the breathing, the, the Wim Hof kind of stuff. Um, yes. Oh, dude. So cool, man. Uh, Wim yeah. Hof is like such an idol. Definitely. The, the first time I did it, I was laying on the ground and my whole body felt like it was just like vibrating. Like that was, that was pretty interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, it really, it really shows you. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Nope. nope. Cool. Cool. Um, it, it just shows you like how like the breath is just like, I mean, it's an obvious statement, but the breath is just so essential to everything and how for granted one takes it. And just the fact that you can flip back and forth between that voluntary and involuntary aspect, it, it's kind of like going through a veal like back and forth, I feel like. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Um, there was there's something I heard about meditation and yoga one time. It was like, meditation is focusing so hard on one thing that you see everything else around you. And like, that was, 
probably like one of the most interesting things because people try to like try to like grasp this thing of like mindfulness and meditation they try so hard to grab it but like if you just focus so hard on just one thing like your breath then you see everything else around you you understand your behaviors what other people are doing like how things work even like how our ecosystem works or like plants like all, all these different aspects so definitely um, I, yeah. I think from a technical standpoint that comes I mean, that is just coming to me right now. Like that comes from a, in order to understand that one thing, one has to understand its environment because its environment affects it completely. And yeah. so it's like, it all of a sudden makes you be like, oh, okay. Like when this happens, then this thing changes this way. When this other thing happens, this thing changes this way. And, and yeah, just that whole, like, it's so interesting how, how it ends up being like a very inverse kind of experience in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, I guess one other thing about like yoga and, and mindfulness that I'll say is when I was traveling through parts of Thailand and Indonesia, you know, there's these huge temples and, um, yeah, like I, re- I regret like not being able to speak the language or understanding it. Cause you walk into these things and you just feel this energy shift and you're like, man, they understand something that I don't. And I, I want to know their side of the story. And I want to, I want to hear that aspect because, you know, like, Western culture, we we have basically zero interest in in the mind and like actual like uh, health, and we, we'd rather sell a pill for you every day than actually get you healthy. So, anyway, on that aspect, Eastern cultures about religion, spirituality, and mindset are fascinating, and that's part of the reason I went there for a decent amount of time. Is like, yeah, it's just it's so different than what we're used to, and um, I guess it's just it. <laughs> I went there to answer some questions and it just made me ask like 2000 more questions. <laughs> Damn. But it just seems like in a very like helpful and fruitful way. Oh, for sure. And it, it made me just realize that it's like, Hey, like it's okay that you, you're dude, as a human, you're never going to understand everything and that's okay. Like you're constantly going to be asking questions and that's okay. Totally. Totally. That's one of the beautiful things about traveling too, is just like you leave your tiny little space and you're like, Holy shit. Like, all this exists and then even more exists because I haven't been everywhere at all. <laughs> like, yeah. no, it's yeah, just crazy. Exactly. Uh, speaking about your traveling, um, you, obviously you, you have those uh, NFTs, the, the photos of you at the volcano. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because that was like so cool when I first saw it. I was like, holy shit. And, you, you, and then you said something on Twitter like, yeah, I was actually there. <laughs> like, that's actually yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I said that just because, you know, I do a lot of Photoshop and photo manipulation, and I'm sure people are going to be like, wow, like, that's a great photo manipulation. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I just want to make sure that, like, I, like, no, like, my photo stuff, I don't, you know, I, I do Lightroom adjustments, but I don't do any Photoshop. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so the lava one is, is interesting because um, where I was at is, is interesting because mm-hmm. I was definitely not supposed to be there. So when I talk about... <laughs> this location i'm being yes. very careful not to say anything and not because like not i'm not trying to like dox the location or dox me it's just like i don't know like the legal bear that i would be poking you know it's like i did something illegal and it's on the blockchain so come and <laughs> come and get it government question mark or you know this. yeah so i, I don't really want to like poke that bear so i've been like very low-key I think it's very people, smart, yeah. People can probably figure it out, but I'm, like, not going to actively, in my person or in text or whatever, say anything about that. So that that's a little pre-context. But, um, yeah, so if, if you if you zoom in on some of the photos of me, there's people have said, they're like, is that a scooter on your back? I was like, yeah, 
yeah, it's, it's, it's a razor scooter. Like, yeah. So <laughs> that's so amazing. The, the he just razored that, up there. Well, kind of. So like you had to, I had to cop a couple of fences and like basically go in the middle of the night in the middle of a week so that like people wouldn't see me. And I had to get like this big respirator. So I like didn't die from the fumes. Like the only way to go is like you're, you're hiking across like lava fields and then there's like some roads and like this and that. So like, for me to get there, I had to like, yeah, be on foot, then be on a scooter, and like make sure like I didn't die because of the air I was breathing. <laughs> and then I then I got to the place. So, yeah, like the the backstory of that is 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 really kind of funny because, um, yeah, it, it seems like dinky, but I'm like actually taking precautions so I like stay alive. But um, <laughs> totally, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're dealing with like one of the craziest things in nature ever. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So going there. Um, that was probably the most unreal thing in my life. I mean, for a lot of reasons, definitely top five. So going there middle of the night on this mission, um, just with my camera in my back, you know, I got there and I've never like heard and like felt like, um, like this is going to be hard to articulate. I've never heard like, molten lava like before so I, i've seen it you know I've, I've seen it in different places like indonesia and you know this and that but i've never seen or never heard it so it sounds like like thunder rumbling and i I've, i thought it was like the weather but it's it's this like molten rock that's like rumbling out of the earth so i get there and i'm like sitting on the edge of like this the rim and i'm just like sitting there and i was like Every time I take photos, I like to take at least like 10, 20 minutes to like really understand like where I'm at, not only for my own mentality remembering it, you know, just so I don't like sit behind the camera the whole time, but also just like seeing aspects that visually make sense to take photos of. So in that like 10 to 20 minutes, you know, like I was thinking about angles and this and that, but mainly I was thinking of like, oh my God, like this is one of the most interesting like things you can do as a human, like I, I, without sounding cocky, like I'm pretty sure I'm in the top 1% of people that are able to experience something like this, this close. So my intentions with that is not to be like, oh, I did this thing, ah, you know, this, whatever. But I was like, okay, like how can I somehow in some you know way, big or small, share this experience with this community that I found? Um, so I was like, okay, like shit, like, you know, I have a camera here, I have a zoom lens, like this lava spewing is crazy. Like, let me just like snap a bunch of photos of this and then hopefully get some of that energy to people. And so I took some videos, like I got some gifts and then I took some pictures of myself there as well to try to like get some scale. So I don't know, like it, it was kind of cool for me to like kind of be at this point in my career and as an artist to be like, okay, this one, like this is not for me. Like mm -hmm. it's, I, I have the memory for myself in my head but like this one's not for me. So like, um, yeah, there's like, pictures what's, it, of what's me. it for? Like, like, like the experience of, of humans, like just being like being that you're an outlier in society in that sense of just having done that. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I guess like what it's again, like, I don't know how much of it's going to going to and or did translate into the pictures and NFTs, but I just hope like at least a small percent of people like felt that with me. And I know it's basically impossible to like have people experience that same thing as me, but like at least a small percent sharing that with someone that, you know, whether they 
can't physically do that or mentally do that or whatever. Like it's it's not to like bring them down, but it's like, hey, this totally. experience lift happened. Them up. Yeah, like this this happened, and like I'd, I'd like to share that with you. And it's it's interesting that the crypto community can even like do that. So um, yeah, with the lava thing, I, th- I think it's good to communicate. So. With my art, when I released it on the Cardone thing, you know, the, the whole minting process, like, things went wrong with my with my knots and this and that, and, you know, when, when the minting happened, like, things were broken and, like, people were mad, but, like, I was, like, pretty calm. I was like, okay, like, you know, we'll figure this out, whatever. But the Molten, so I released those, uh, I think it was 70, right, and I did it during a mint. Um, so what happened there is there was basically, like, a whitelist. So there was, like... 14 or 15 people that got like whitelisted to get one early. And so I was in the understanding of the community that like, um, you know, like, Hey, I, I put them in a private little channel in discord. I was like, Hey guys, like, you know, this whitelist is just so you get one early and that's it. Like, you know, just, just trying to help you guys out. So one member uh, of that, you know, <laughs> welcome to transparency. I, I see everything. One member decided to mint three before, before like that. It was like 10 minutes earlier or something. He decided okay. to mint three, and I saw that on my end. And then, you know, a few more minutes went by, and then seven or eight transactions went through individually. So the number of whitelist was supposed to be like 14, and it ended up being like 25 were oh, wow. whitelist. So I saw what happened. So I saw one person, you know, um, did those three transactions. Again, welcome to transparency. I found yep. those assets. I found his wallet. I found his profile picture. I knew exactly who the guy was. Like, you're not fooling me. And then all those other transactions, I'm pretty sure that he shared that with his friends, and then they all swiped on really fast. So that's the logistics of this. Now, mentally, here's what happened. Okay, for me, trying, like, my best to communicate this intention, trying my best to communicate this art and, like, share that experience with people. Like, for the first time in my life, um, like, my heart's been broken from girls, but, like, my heart was broken from art like it shattered like I was like seriously like shaking and like crying and like I couldn't figure out why at first and then I realized like you know like this wasn't my art on the line like this was my experience on the line and people stomped on that and like kind of like really like like for the first time like hurt me and I'm not really not ashamed to say that like I was super hurt by that so yeah like I think it's a really interesting like circle back to the the lava thing is um yeah, like I, I tried my best to put my experiences out there, and uh, it was just pretty apparent to me that like, like the community wasn't mature enough there. Or at least that one person was. Um, yeah, and uh, there always be people like that, of course. Oh, but. for sure. Yeah, you can't fight that. But um, yeah, it was it was a learning lesson. It was something that was very interesting. And um, definitely, definitely. Yeah, like it's it was just so unfortunate that someone was just either trying to flip this or whatever with it. But it's like, man, like they really didn't get it. And back to the community thing, like those people are burning their bridges like with community members. And then when shit hits the fan, they're going to have no one to call. So in the Twitter terms, they're not going to make it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. No. And that's so interesting too, how it it was very much like the experience itself that was like tarnished. Like like it, it does show how, like what you put into your art, what you put into those, they're not. And it's very clear, obviously from how you like, um, I don't want to say market it because that's not like a good way to put it. But the way that you present it out to the world yeah. is that it's very much about like the 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 core of what you're doing of like feeling 
experiencing whatever. And so, yeah, that's, man, damn. Well, <laughs> well here, here's the resolve of that story. Here's, here's the beautiful thing. So during the actual mint, you know, some, some art collector in Australia, like really wanted the picture. I think it's Molten Steve number one or two. It's basically my arms up over the lava field. So there's an art collector in Australia that really wanted that. So he did the mint and he didn't get the one he wanted and like he was, he, you know, he didn't expect it. And there was only three of pictures of me, but the reason he wanted it is by far like this is this is like, you know, from some of the worst mentality things of that experience to literally a day later like the best. So here's the result. This is great. So art collector in Australia has this grandpa that did some expeditions in Antarctica. So I don't remember the exact specifics, but basically his grandpa has like this picture of his arms up, like with his pickaxes and shit, like finding like this thing encapsulated in ice. I don't know if it was a fossil or oil. I don't know. He found something like in the ice and he has this like physical picture of his grandpa in his house. So um, then he saw, you know, pictures of me with my arms open and like over this like lava. So obviously like the whole ice and fire, fire and ice thing, but he didn't think it like that. He was like, dude, like, Think about how crazy this is. Because he called me. He's like, you know, my grandpa is finding something that's literally been still stuck in the earth for millions, if not billions of years. And you are a stranger, but you have that same exploratory mindset on the newest material on the planet. And he was like, that contrast means so much to me that I want that picture. And he wanted it to put it next to his grandpa. So, okay, like, backing up, like, okay, stranger, wherever I'm at, and this guy in Australia, like, wanting to put his picture next to, like, his family lineage. Okay, that, that's crazy in itself, sure. So, art collector um, is find, finding the owner for this, this piece. Again, I'm pretty sure it's Molten Sieve number two. Um, so, some kid in Brazil did the mint. He did it legit. I looked at the metadata and, and the, the, the blockchain. He did it legit. He didn't steal it. Um, nice. so in Brazil good. minted this Molten Steve number two. Yeah, he paid, I think it was 110 ADA for the mint of that. So the very next day, art collector in Australia says, Hey dude, I, I want that. Like, you know, what's, what's your price? Like, I really want that. So they negotiate a little bit back and forth, but, um, I'll have to check the exact, thing. I'm pretty sure the price, cause this is transparent. It's on the blockchain. I can say this, the price for that piece, art collector spent 3,500 ADA. For this kid in Brazil, for that piece. Damn. Okay, so Damn. Now three strangers around the world are connected, and my art is a vehicle to bridge these people together. So now, art collector sees the value in that. He he gets it. He's in the process of hanging it up, and then now the kid in Brazil is like, "Holy shit! Like that's that money is gonna change my life." He was like, "Dude, like I'm, I don't, I don't remember the exact verbiage because um, it was you know in Spanish, but he's." basically like yeah like the, the, what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna be able to move to a different part of the city with my partner and like his life's gonna change like in a big way or a small way but so that's the most beautiful like resolved story so far that i've heard of my art right so totally which that, and with your art at the center of it i mean yeah, like this guy's life would not have changed like that at least if it weren't for your experience and you putting that experience out there yeah and I guess I don't see it as a center of it, but I see it more like a vehicle. Like it's just helping like transport that, that energy and transport those, I guess, stories. And like, yeah, I don't, that was like the coolest thing for me, like by far the coolest story of my art that's done. And that was like, what, not even two and a half months in, like something that life changing, that story, that 
crazy happen. You know, it's just ah, like it's, I that's can amazing. Still get over that. Definitely, yeah. No, I I, I can only imagine. <laughs> I mean, it's so crazy. It's so cool to like, like I you know I see these things online and like you know see people buy and see whatever. But then to hear the stuff like that it goes on behind the doors like this, that's it's just so cool. It's it's real tangible shit. Like like blockchain is changing people's lives, like the art that's being made on it, the globalist aspect, all that stuff is like, it'll be so cool to see how those seeds grow in the future. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's just one story. Imagine how yeah. many other things there was. <laughs> right, exactly. It's crazy, man. Damn. Uh, one technical aspect I wanted to ask you about, um, as somebody who knows nothing about photography, how do you go about, I assume you like set up the camera somewhere and had like a time thing to then like get yourself in the picture as well. Cause I, when I first saw it, I assumed like you were with a buddy or something like that. Oh yeah. No. So I have like uh, a little, like little, it's called like a little Joby tripod. It's like little flexible arms. So I bring that along with me and then my camera, it's a, it's, it's, a really, it's really small. It's a Sony a6300. So it's a small little guy. And so I can just put it in my backpack. Um, yeah, sometimes I use rock, sometimes I use that little tripod, but yeah, you just set it up and then you can put on the settings, you know, like 10 second timer, 20 second timer, 30 second timer, and you just press it and then it'll, it'll count down, you know, 10, 20, 30 seconds. And then gotcha. you go walk in front of the camera and then it'll, it'll snap when, um, yeah, like it's, it, you're in frame basically. And so it, it takes, it takes a couple tries sometimes to make imagine. sure I'm in, yeah, make sure I'm actually in the picture. But, um, no, I've been, I've been doing that for a long time with a lot of my art or I guess my photography stuff um, is go for it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I don't know if I started doing that as an ego thing of like, Oh, look, look where I'm at, you know, for like social media or whatever. Um, but it just kind of became this thing that I kind of just always did. The ocean pictures on the flip side, those are, you know, buddies that are taking my okay. pictures and okay. in, that'd in be those, hard to like, yeah, the camera, and like. <laughs> <laughs> like a buoyancy, like floating tripod. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So something cool, I guess, with that, like a side note, is I reached out to all the buddies. I think there's three in like the scuba steves that um, like my buddies took, and I basically um, I, I should definitely communicate this, but I'd reach out to all of them and I was like, hey, you know, here's this this thing that I'm doing. You know, I'm, I'm taking some of my images. I was like, do you guys like want some of the profits? And they're like, well, how much is that in U.S. dollars? And I was like, I don't know. They're they're going for like 200 ADA average. I was like, you know, like let's just you know, split it, you know, I'd, I'd like to give you homies some, some ADA and they're like, okay, yeah, sure. So, you know, they set up their wallets and then when the auction end, ended for them, like I'd send them half the ADA and they were like totally stoked about that. So that, that was cool. So that's awesome. Nice. That was, that was a fun, in. yeah, that was a fun aspect for me just to like kind of onboard my friends. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And a great way. I'm sure they were very thankful too. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. They're all asking me like, "Oh, how do I turn this into real money?" and like all this stuff. And I was like, "No, you gotta just hold it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you don't understand. This is real money. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, um, yeah. No, I'm sure that's that's super cool. Uh, just one more pivot back to the lava thing, just because mm-hmm. so crazy um, and so many things going through my head with that. There were like sparks everywhere, which I'm assuming, like, was that just like the way that you like the exposure and stuff, or was it was there like ashes and shit like flying around constantly and then if so like did it like was it going to fuck up the camera at all or okay yeah so the pictures of me that Mm. you've probably seen i'm on the rim so i had two different lenses so i had a wide lens that was taking pictures of me and then i had a zoom lens so if if people are hearing this and they know a little bit about photography 
I have a 100 to 400 millimeter lens, but it's on a crop sensor, so it actually factors at times two. So it's a 200 to 800 millimeter when I put it on my camera, which is like crazy stupid, like zoomed in. So the like really tight pictures of the lava like actually exploding. I was probably uh, I don't know the exact metric. I was I was quite a ways away from that actual that because I was looking down into the the thing where the lava was I guess producing. Man, so that's so cool, man. Yeah. So there, I just like feel excitement like in my body, just like thinking that must have been such an insane experience. Oh yeah, and and like seeing it, you know, zoomed in live in the viewfinder of the camera too. It's like basically like binoculars, like how close I was. So. Um, yeah, so I had two different lenses, so I didn't, I didn't like wow. walk up that close. That would have <laughs> okay, definitely yeah. been dangerous. So, <laughs> okay, yeah. last I researched those those explosions, I think um, were I think they were like eighty feet in the air. Like it, it's hard to like metric that, but yeah, those explosions were like like eighty feet. Like they're like a building, but it's it's so far away, and it's it's hard to like you know have a scale next to that, like what that actually looks like, but. Yeah, it was it was it was going that that high. Um, <laughs> it's it's like so hard to like imagine it because like I keep having to readjust like my image of what it was. Like first I'm like, oh yeah, he was like right next to it, he was right up there, and then like obviously that's not true, <laughs> like because then you die, I guess. Um, <laughs> and like and yeah, just all that. It's I don't know, it's so hard to imagine, but but yeah. So like how like how far away would you say you were from the opening of the volcano ish? So the actual rim, I was right on the rim, like I was physically like the, the cliff side was like a couple feet like I could have taken a big step and fallen into the rim so wow. like that that's how close I was to that so basically okay, imagine like a really toilet close. bowl imagine a toilet bowl I was on the rim of the toilet bowl so <laughs> yeah like looking down into it that distance from the I guess the flow and me was probably somewhere in the range of like I don't know 800 feet to like maybe a mile or something I don't I don't know if it was that far but close enough to, to hear it like hear it rumble, so yeah, this 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 toilet bowl, quote unquote, it, it's it's huge, it's massive, so it's it's yeah. I, I think that's the thing that I was missing from like my head is just how gargantuan it sounds like it is. Yeah, and like, man, I I had I should have I, I had some images of my wide lens at the toilet bowl that don't have me in it that shows like the whole scale of it, and um, I guess I I missed putting that in the drop, but um, yeah, it's it's funny so. You know, as as much heart and intention and, and I guess backstory goes into this, the community so far has like not got it at all. <laughs> like a lot of them don't get it. Like there's definitely some people that understand it and you know have the gifts or the stills or whatever. But there's some people that just you know it, it's just slowly weeding them out over time. It's just people that don't get that rare moment. Like even if I traveled back to that location, even if I went did that again, it's not gonna look the same. Like never. Like that 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 specific picture is like a time capsule and like that was something interesting with you know this specific photography thing it's like you know people take time capsules and pictures all the time but this thing is like constantly changing like by the second so it's like it's it's never going to be the same like oh you want me to go take some more sorry like you're not going to happen <laughs> that's it yeah so and how and how beautiful is it that it's encapsulated in the blockchain forever as long yeah. as Cardano exists? I mean, exactly, and that's that's the reason I'm like not trying to like poke that like bear because I don't I don't know <laughs> I don't know the the actual like realistic gray zone consequences of that. Like if if someone sees that and is like, oh, like that's you know that that guy was not supposed to be there. That's unsafe, and he's gonna die, and all this stuff. I don't know. 
Yeah. I'm not yeah. trying to post no, that no, there no. yet. No, no, I, I think that's smart, man. I think, I mean, why, like, it was an incredible experience. Let it be what it was and not like, you know, yeah, like you said, make make it go all over the place somehow. Yeah. I mean, it'd be cool, you know, first, first guy in Cardano to get charged for something. <laughs> It would be a milestone for sure. <laughs> or would it be? I mean, who knows? I don't know. I got to research that. <laughs> I make I make the history book somehow. Definitely. And then hey, make an NFT out of it, man. <laughs> <laughs> There's total aside here. Just thinking about like putting things in the blockchain. This is like I feel like stupid saying this to scale like against your thing, basically not against, but like just in comparison. Um, I like did this. I went on this radio show as assistant conductor of this organization of New York Youth Symphony. I'll say it. Um, and like they got pissed because I said, you know, I was assistant conductor and all this stuff. Meanwhile, I was like, get some all this, you know, wonderful press and all that. But they, uh, they basically like forbade me from sharing the recording of it and like all this stuff. And I have the emails where they're being total assholes because none of it matters. Like they're executive directors of non for profit shit that like nobody, nobody would really care. Their lives wouldn't be affected. The orchestra wouldn't be affected. Anyway. What I'm going to do is put it on the blockchain, <laughs> just yeah, to like, troll them. <laughs> yeah, you know, because it's like, first off, it was it was a great, it was a fun, it was. I, I talked to like one of my idols, you know, on on the radio, which was awesome. Second of all, I got so many like emails from parents being like, "It was great hearing you," yada yada yada. And third of all, it's just like, you guys, you guys are just shooting yourselves in the foot, and this is stupid. And you're probably never even going to hear about this ever because you know it's Cardano and. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I mean, I, I don't, I don't mean in that sense. I mean, at some point, I'm a believer that Cardano is going to take over things yeah, in a we're big just way. Smart but right now. It, exactly, yeah. Like it, by the time they actually like caught up to it, it would be like, okay, who gives a shit at this point? Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's the beautiful thing about the blockchain, and it's gonna, it's gonna like augment the trolling aspect of things so much. I feel like <laughs> in that way. Yeah, no, it's it's, uh, it's a cool place. It's a beautiful place. That, no, that, I'm glad you're doing stuff like that. More people. You know, whatever it is, like their resignation letter, whatever, just like, okay, what do you guys, what do you guys value yeah. this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why not? It'd be fun. <laughs> um, talking about um, the, so obviously, like, you know, you're an artist first and foremost, but you obviously had to like get some sort of knowledge about uh, minting and and like I, I remember you saying at one point like that you're not a developer on Twitter or something like that. So like, how how did you dive into that whole space and like? And I know you said like there are some issues in the beginning, like with so many. Like, how, how do you navigate all that? It it just seems from the other side, it seems like such a whirlwind of shit to deal with in the minting process. Uh, yeah, no, it definitely is. It's it's definitely hard, and it's it's daunting, and it's not easy. And that's probably you know, there's a lot of like things that are kinking out in Cardano, but that's one of the kinks that I feel like is really hard. So I grew up uh, like a computer kid and like development stuff. So like, um, I I pretty much get a lot of programs and little bit of coding and stuff so um yeah like those, those things weren't too hard for me but it definitely took me like at least a week and a half or so to like understand so yeah when i first started selling art i minted it using nami mint which separates the policy id for each thing so i literally had 80 assets on 80 <laughs> policy ids so i would sell them um you know, like the first one sold for 25 ADA and then like it was like 50 and like 100 ADA. Like I, I, all I was doing was on Twitter was just personally like putting my stuff and then people would personal message me and then they would receive the asset, you know, through just through freaking Twitter. So that was great until people were like, hey, the policy ID is not right. And I was like, what the fuck is a policy ID? <laughs> so then, So then I had to go in and learn about that and how to like put them all on the same one. You know, it's pretty frustrating and it took me like, really like two whole days, like just 
nonstop, like, trying to figure that out. And then I reached out to every single, I think, so I minted 80, and I think of those 80, I think it was, like, 50 or 60 of those that were already held in, in people's wallets. And what I told them is, like, hey, like, you know, I messed up. Like, this is not right. Like, the whole point of my art is to group it all together in this policy. So I was like, hey, like, I just need your wallet, and I've reminted all these on one policy. You get the exact same thing, but this is the real one. Here's the here's the policy. Here's the real one that actually has value that you can trade, whatever. And I was like, the other one, it's basically meaningless. Like, you can try to sell it. You can do whatever you want, but, like, no one's going to buy it because it's on the wrong policy, right? So I told him, I was like, hey, you know, just keep that old one as, like, a souvenir. Like, think of it like an unsigned Picasso or something. I don't know. Like, just keep it. And... I was like, okay, so I remixed it through the whole process. And that was like the start of like fresh development stuff. I was like, okay, now I have a policy ID and I know what to do. But like, okay, now what if I want to do a bigger scale? So with the, with the Knot series, it was a little bit bigger. So I was like, man, I've manually had to put all this stuff in inside of, I think I was using Metro Mermaid. So literally one by one to mint it into this policy ID. So that's what I did for the first 80. So pff, stupid. I, I There were so many easier ways, but anyway. So for the knots, I started using NFT Maker Pro, which is basically a service where you can load in the images, you link them to an IPFS link, which is what most NFTs use. Because um, there's the 14 kilobyte um, parameters or something, right? Um, like yes. for it to be on chain or something, right? Yeah. So so yeah, it's it's confusing. So like most of my images, since they're anywhere from like 1080. To 1350 to like 4k they're like way too big to actually live on the blockchain so it's linked using ipfs so yeah so that that link you know it nft maker pro binds that and then also you can do the metadata so for literally all 500 of the knots for phase one two and three i did all the metadata manually so i didn't i didn't know that there was a way to do it of the whole project so i literally went one by one i had a notepad on my mac and i would like copy paste, change the number, change the thing, like next, copy, paste. And that took so long. And I learned after that there was like a much easier way to do it. But is, yeah. is it like that you take like a template of the first, because this is something Alex was saying to me of Unsigned Algos, and I'm, I might be confusing this um, with a different process or whatever, but he's basically saying like his like his Unsigned Algo like 0000 is kind of like the template for all the other ones. It's like the the OG, if you will, that all others are based off of? Is, yeah. it, is it a kind of similar process? Yeah, so there's the metadata is it's what's called a JSON file, which I think is just like a JavaScript something. I don't know, but it's like these parameters, and it basically it, it locates the, the asset name, the token ID, the IPFS link, like make sure it's all in one place and clumps it into this metadata. And that's also like in pool PM, you know, you have like little like attributes or, you know, the Twitter link or whatever. Like that's all the metadata. So that like basically code that that file that JSON file is what it that that's that's the whole thing it that talks to the blockchain and that's what connects people's images and their everything so making sure that that's right is I guess like pretty crucial so yeah like using NFT Maker Pro like how to do that all manually and there was there was a couple of them that actually got messed up and then I had to like try to like burn and remint them and I don't know, it's all confusing Damn. anyway. Like a pain. But yeah, it sounds like also like a learning curve, like annoyances and so on. Yep, for sure. And so, yeah, doing that, learning all that, it inherently, like, I feel like added a lot of value to me because most people just don't even want to deal with that and will just rather pay someone out for it. But I was like, you know, like kind of interested in like business and 
investing in stuff, I'm like, uh, I don't want to send 10% of all of my profits to someone else to do this when I can do it. So basically, I took the time to do it, and it, you know, it's it's great. So um, yeah, like I I guess any new artists you know that are coming on board, like learn it. You know, it, it's frustrating, but learn it, and you'll save like a ton of like ADA and I don't know, like that's the whole thing of the blockchain, right? You're not supposed to have any middleman between the artist and the consumer. And like what's inherently happening is like the, the devs are getting between it. So not learning that developmental aspect of it is like you're kind of hurting yourself and you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. So definitely, I'm, definitely I'm glad I'm glad I did it and it was hard and it was frustrating, but I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. So hopefully more people do. I, I guess because what I love about the blockchain is like, like instead of saying like one's supposed to or not, is at least that you have the option and it's not at such a barrier access or like a high threshold, if you will, if you want to not use a middleman. And so I guess like, yeah, there's always going to be, it's it's like finding that Goldilocks, you know, ratio that Charles Hoskinson always talks about where it's like easy enough but complicated enough so that like, you know, people can't fuck with it too hard kind of thing. Yeah, um, totally. But um, but yeah, no, it's super cool. Uh, what was I going to say about... Um, the minting process. Yeah, I totally left. That's okay. Um, oh, oh, the royalties. Um, what are your thoughts on this? I, as far as I'm aware, you don't uh, have any royalties on yours at the moment, do you? Um, yeah, so I, I do, but I'm pretty sure I messed it up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that I definitely should put it on my website, but it's bas- I would have to explain a lot. So, yeah. So basically, I thought the royalty token was per project inside of this like app, NFT Maker Pro. So I minted a royalty token to the project, but I've learned later that that mints actually to the grouping, the policy ID. So I, I have a 5%, what I, what I thought was a 5% on phase ones, I think 3% on the Moltens, and then 5% on the phase two and threes. And then, but what I learned is basically like those three royalties, I don't know if they're stacking on top of each other now that I've done three. I don't know if one overwrites the other. I don't know if I just completely broke it. I don't know what I don't. I really I don't know what I've done. And I try to like ask a developer look into it. They're like, yeah, you have three, and I don't know what marketplaces are going to do with you when you when they basically do the royalty. Like, and it's three different things. Like, I don't I don't want I don't want to get like you know like upwards of like fifteen percent. Like that if it, if it stacks, I definitely don't want that. So yeah, I'm kind of in a weird place with that. When you say stack, you mean like um, that it would be cumulative, that it would be 15% as opposed to just the 5% on each yeah, policy? Like, or? Yeah, like so I minted three different tokens. Again, five, a three, and a five. So I don't know if it's going to like, I don't know if like the marketplace interacts with it and it's just going to like do that three times, like 5% royalty, a 3%, and another five, and it's going to like stack when that transaction happens. Or I don't know because they're com- competing with each other if it just throws a royalty out the window. I don't I don't know. So I definitely messed it up. So I don't yeah, like so then <laughs> well, I that, guess you'll find out. Yeah, I guess I'll find yeah, out. As as of this point, um, I think two people have have like personally messaged me on Discord and like um, gave me like the royalty percent of their sale, which is like that's pretty oh, cool. That's- that's awesome! Yeah, like, wow. They're like, Man, hey. see that? I love hearing shit like that in Cardano. Like, what what other community would that happen in? Like, exactly. chances are not many others. Yep. Yeah, so that was pretty cool for me. And you know, they're like, hey, I know the the smart contracts aren't working, but you still deserve your percent. I was like, oh, like that's that's that's, that's awesome. Cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on um, 
like royalty percentages because this is something I think about a lot just as an artist and as a musician like I I see the royalty game and smart contracts you know like in so many other fields being a true game changer in uh, musicians lives and so obviously like the question is like what percentage like how, how do you attack that percentage question exactly like what what's your rationale what's your process as far as like looking at that yeah um I mean yeah, so I didn't really have much thinking into it. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, the first one was three, just because there's a three in my name. Like, there was very <laughs> little, very little thought into it. Um, but, yeah, no, like, it, I don't know. It it's kind of gets on this topic of, like, it's always hard to talk about, like, the money and the value. But basically, like, okay, if there's some people that have 10x their ADA with my art, and, like, that's amazing. That's cool. Like, I'm sure there's a life-changing story there, and they need the, the, the currency and definitely not arguing about that um i think what's i'm trying to be hesitant about is the amount of people that are trying to do that at the same time is where it gets really confusing it's really hectic it gets really i guess broken away from the whole point of the crypto thing and it gets i don't know it gets it gets very hairy really fast when that many people are trying to like flip for currency so i guess when it comes to royalties because so many people are doing that as an artist, you want to be compensated for that. So honestly, like, I feel like more this, the standard for the royalty should honestly be more. Like, the only way you get a royalty is if people sell it. So that incentivizes people to sell it if, if there's inherently more value to it. So um, that's another and that, thing. Where, and that value that value comes from the artist. So. Yeah, exactly. So it's like if if my art wasn't there, then you wouldn't have just made this quote unquote flip or whatever. So that that's a huge reason I honest I don't know if you were watching but I just increased I doubled my mint price from phase 1 and 2 to 3 because like I, I don't know if this is selfish or not but like seeing people mint for around 100 ADA and then immediately sell it the next day for thousands and me getting 0% of that it just felt dirty I was like like that's that's weird like that's not what I wanted with this art like that's not what I was trying to do so in order to combat that, I was just like, okay, I guess the mint price goes up because the the average price selling these things are around a thousand at, at the time, right before kind of Cardano's kind of gone down. But um, yeah, so like basically, like as an artist, like it, it I don't know, it, it doesn't feel good to see that, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. Like, and again, like I don't know how this is going to communicate. I'm trying not to be selfish, but it just like. Yeah, like putting art in value, taking weeks, doing all the metadata manually, like take all this time to like make sure it works right and everything, and then someone just to make like a 10x investment in a day. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah, and yeah, and you don't, which I guess is where the royalties come in, or you could do like what you did, which I I, I honestly don't think, that, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, like I don't think that's selfish because what you're saying is totally true. Like not to, and, and you just mentioned like the tech glass, it's not to mention the freaking art itself, like that you yep. put like ridiculous amounts of energy into like, yeah, somebody who makes life-changing money, you know, hopefully I would hope it would be life-changing money for them. Um, yeah. That shouldn't be like, you know, done without anything for, for you guys. Like that's, that's totally legit. That's, I don't think that's selfish. Yeah. So yeah, I, I guess I just like, and wavery about the like topics like this just to make sure like, my heart gets communicated well because any, anytime money gets communicated like inherently there's like this human aspect of greed and, and stuff that I guess it's pretty natural as a human to talk about but it's like I'm trying to like 
like uh, trying to be responsible. About yeah, it, it there's like. a good yeah, there's a good word for it. Just being responsible about it. Totally. It's so. Where's like? Let's zoom in on that a little bit. Because where where's the line? Because like before talking to you and seeing like for instance on your website you say like you know I put them all under one policy just to kind of like make it more annoying to flip kind of things. That's at least how like. Uh, it came off, which I was like, awesome, cool. <laughs> like somebody messing around with it, yes. Um, and like my perspective um, before talking with you is much more like, like okay, he really just, you know, the art, the money part really is like totally periphery. It's just really only about the art and about people who value the art that he wants to have it kind of thing. But now talking to you, like clearly there's, you take into consideration that this could be life-changing for some people. I mean, some people it's just like, you know, they won't even think about it and their day will be totally the same as it was. <laughs> um, but for the other people, it's like life-changing shit. And and it's a huge, as Royal Powell says, I think it's like never in a time have we like been where it's easy for people to change socioeconomic classes upwards um, because of stuff like that. So where, how do you like, how do you think of all that? How do you parse that all out? Because it's, it does get really messy, like you're saying. Um, I, yeah. So like on my policy thing, like it's, yeah, it's super funny. Like I basically, I know how I have so many different things, um, so many different art, so many different whatever, and it's all grouped into this one policy. And okay, now especially the airdrops, it's, it's funny because people are getting mad at me and I it literally intentionally did this. So now I'm, I'm giving people airdrops on the same policy and because there's so many quantity of literally like the same thing, like people are like, oh, you're messing up the whole thing. And ah, like now these sales are happening with like, 50 ADA for like these airdrops and people are like wow you messed the whole thing up and I'm like yep like exactly like, <laughs> it's like yep thank you yeah like you know people that are looking at the floor prices people that are concerned about like all this stuff like bye like <laughs> if, if you like, don't yeah. if, I don't know like how that sounds but like really like anyone who's that concerned about floor prices or that concerned about prices in general like I kind of just don't think that this is their like this is the right place. Like there, there's places in this community for that. And I maybe like accidentally invited some of those people with like this, the knots, which um, that's kind of like, I don't know, like a trading card kind of thing. Like maybe I inherently did that myself and that's, that's me to blame. But like, yeah, like, so I intentionally made it. So it's like, if, if you don't, if, if you're looking at the floor price, if you're looking at this and that, like you're going to mess up, like it, it's not going to look good for you. Cause you don't understand that. Like, it's not supposed to be like that. So yeah. I guess that, that's not how you want it. At least that's not, that's not your intent for all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, like going back to it again, it's like, where's the rule book? Like who, who says I have to do something a certain way? Like I always looked up to like Banksy or like different artists that are just basically like, fuck the system. So like a lot of the decisions I make in the art world, it's like people get mad at me. It's like, okay, like do you want to show me the rule book of how this is supposed to work? Because I'm pretty sure this is a 10 month old industry and it's the wild west and I can do whatever I want. And either way, we're going to adapt and evolve the ecosystem. Like I'm pretty sure just because one person or one thing did it this way doesn't mean I got to do the same. You know, just like I said, like there's 8 billion of us, like I'm doing it different. Okay. So yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. And, and if you don't like it, you can choose like a plethora of other places to go. There's, exactly. Yeah. And, no, and definitely, man. Yeah. Like, I guess it's like, weird to say for people that might be listening to this being like, ah, Steve's like stuck up, but it's just like, I, I don't know how else to weed those people out because I, I don't see that mindset like being a long-term thing. Like I, I definitely see that like phasing out. Like 
as this community evolves. Like it, it's just like inherent. The, the, that the collector, happening. sorry to interrupt. The collector mindset you mean? No, this not, like not the floor collector. mindset. The flip mindset. The got it. The flip. The, yeah. Let's let's just you know buy this just because of the ROI, and the only reason I'm interested is because I'm trying to flip my money and. The, the only thing I'm looking at is the floor price every day, and I'm constantly trying to make like that. That is going to phase out. So um, whether it be a short period of time or it be a long period of time, like I don't see that as like something that's going to stick around. So I guess when I when you we talk about these aspects, I've pretty much like tried my best to impact that in a small way or a big way, and probably. A part of me like how I communicate to the community is like that I guess um, I'm trying my best to like communicate that to people like hey like this is not what it's about again maybe I I messed up like inviting some of those people in but like this is not like what's supposed to happen like yeah no I totally feel you you use the word stuck up and messed up with that stuff and like I don't know just like I think stuck up would be if somebody was saying like my art is the shit and it's worth this much money at least and like you know I'm not going to allow for like kind of thing but like I don't know it just seems like you're very much about the core of what it is and people might interpret that as like you know like oh he's he's so stuck up or I don't even know like why I guess why why do you think of that as stuck up is is my question um yeah so probably what I do like mentally is I probably just like overdo one side of the equation like I I know like mentally that I'm not like that but if I if I communicate that and throw that in, like maybe just like you did, you're like, oh no, he's not like that. So maybe that's just something. What I do is like, um, I'm pretty aware of like my actions and like pretty aware of like how I'm interpreted. So maybe if I throw that word in there, you're like, no, nah, like no. So maybe <laughs> that's, that's just maybe that's just something that I do as a human to communicate. But um, yeah. So like, I guess another thing to think about. So like, the the whole reason I did like kind of the knots, like these bigger things, is like I was releasing ten at a time. And they would just like sell out instantly. I'm like, ah, Jesus, like I got to make some more art. Like, you know, what, what's a way that people are doing it? And, you know, I saw that there's kind of like this collectible thing. There's kind of this, you know, bigger scale. I was like, okay, like I can do that a little bit, but I'm not, I'm not going to go to the 10,000 route. So phase one was 50 and then like, boom, sold out. I was like, damn it. Like I got to create more, like <laughs> not a damn it, but it's just like, man, like yeah, yeah. people really want this. Like it was cool. So then what a, what a good problem, honestly. Yeah, exactly. So then I did like, okay, let me take a few weeks and make 200 of these. So I did 200 and then, you know, marketed it, did, did the whole thing. And then boom, it sold out. I was like, Oh my goodness. Like this is getting out of hand. Like, okay. Like I guess I'll work on another like two or three weeks to make some more. So then I made 250 more, and then those just like boom. I was like, oh man. So since since phase three, I've been kind of like, I don't know, what's like asking these bigger questions, like, okay, what what's really going on here? Like, why why are people pouring this much value? Why is this much value coming back to me? So, like in that after phase three, I was like, kind of took a, a a mental break of just like, okay, like what what is my actual place here? So. Yeah, as I'm kind of communicating, I'm transitioning to like what I'm doing now. So I've been working on this documentary for uh, like a month and a half. So, um, which yeah, like, the trailer just came out what like uh, in the past week, right? Like a few days ago. Yep, yep. So we we made a trailer, and um, yeah, the the basics of that story is there's uh, an artist that feels like he failed. Um, so I met him a while back, and he kind of told me his story. But I was like, okay this is so perfect. Like, wait, I got a lot of value poured into me. A lot of people 
got my art, like, you know, whether that's success or validation or whatever, like, okay, I got that, like, for sure. Like, I, I'm so content. It's like, okay, now how many other artists don't feel this way? Like, how many other people don't feel the success? So um, I'm going to bounce around here a little bit, but, like, with, with social media, like, um, it kind of brings up people on a pedestal of, like, success, um, to like the Lambos, the private jets, it's like brings that on a pedestal. And it's like everyone is trying to get up to that level, but it's like, okay, what is 99% of the overall community they're like actually doing? Like, not to like shit on it, but it's just like most people's lives aren't like that. So yeah. in in art as well, you know, like p- people being put on a pedestal for like success or like accomplishment, it's like all those people get put up, but it's like, what is 99% of these other artists feel like? So that story, I, me and Crypto Merman, I feel like we really got that story out well and, and have been, I mean, we're probably like 70, 80% done editing it. And dude, oh, like, nice. this, this is like a universal story. Like pe- everyone feels like a failure at some point in their life. So um, yeah, like, and you know, there's a lot of cool aspects to this. So communicating that story to a community to be able to like kind of share that story with this guy. That's, that's cool in itself. Um, doing content on Cardano. That's not profile pictures. That's not trading. That's like a whole video. Like, okay, that's sweet. Like, you know, I've been talking to a developer and um, we're trying our best to do a ticket system. So like basically NAMI verification for people to use the blockchain. So, there's that aspect. There's this communicating the story aspect. And then, um, I don't know, just kind of like trying a different medium out on in the community. We're, we're going to see what happens. Like all this month and a half, all this time that we've put into this, like we're going to see if it's worth it or not. Like it's it's super risky for us on our time. But I I really believe that it's going to, you know, kind of shift some people's minds some some shift some people's like intentions of like what they're doing on this platform or even just what they're doing in life. So yeah, it's really cool to be a part of, and um, yeah, like without, I, don't, I really don't want to hype it up, and I'm just excited to see what what happens because I don't know, it's uncharted waters. Yeah, it really sounds like it. You, how is it going to be released? Because it almost sounded like it's going to be released as NFTs, or like when you say ticketing system, or it's going to be like like everybody goes into like a virtual space to like watch it. Like that's the ticketing part. Yeah. So <clears throat> currently, the best solution we've had because this is this is brand new. Like every developer I've talked to. Um, it's kind of funny, actually. The developers on Cardano are interesting as of lately. So I'll, I'll reach out to them and be like, hey, like I want to basically have a ticketed gate system to watch this like large content. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's easy. And then they'll just like not explain it or not do it and everything. But one, one, one guy was like, okay, like, yeah, let's, let's look into this. So you know basically that like little NAMI verification like pop-up window that comes up if you use websites yes. like CNFT? So uh-huh. that we've actually he, – he's, he's found a way to integrate that in a website where – Basically, there's like locked content. So NAMI verification comes up. If yes, you have a certain policy ID in your wallet, then it lets you through the gate, and then you can then watch the video. Uh, that's so cool. okay. locked content, uh, like this, that that is like crazy in itself. Like that's that hasn't been done at least on this blockchain yet. So that's going to be very interesting. So yeah, like if yes, you have a ticket, okay, you can go in. If no. Here's how to get a ticket. Here's how to use NAMI, whatever. So, uh, yeah, our, our intentions in doing that is not to make a lot of money. We want to use the blockchain to 
basically crowdfund if people see value in this. Um, people have like told me they watched the trailer. They're like, oh, you got to reach out to Project Catalyst. I'm like, no, like <sighs> that, that, that's cool. But there's basically how we think of it is like kind of like proof of work. Like here's the proof of the time, energy, whatever we spent to document this proof of work. Now, what is the community see value in that? So hopefully, um, I think we have a pretty good solution to have these tickets be like 10 ADA. So think of yeah, it super accessible. Yeah. Think of it like, like a movie ticket. You know, you go up to the, the, basically the ticket person, you buy your ticket. And then before you go into the movie, you have to redeem your ticket. Same, same thing. In order to watch this movie, you have to buy the ticket, hold it in your wallet and then show it to this like gate master to let you through the gate. So currently I'm pretty sure we can do that solution, um, to my knowledge and, Hopefully, in the next two to three weeks, we'll have that working and actually be able to be done with the documentary to kind of share it. So, nice, um, that's awesome. Yeah, like that's kind of the intention behind what's happening there. And, like, also, like, hopefully, what happens is people see this documentary and they're like, holy shit, oh my God, like, this is great. I want to share this with my kids. I want to share this with my mom, whatever. And hopefully, in our website, it's very easy. Okay, how do I get a NAMI wallet? You know, if you're on Chrome, here's a link how to, you know, YouTube link how to get Nami. Easy. Set up your yep. seed phrase, you got a wallet. Perfect. How do I get a ticket? You go to this website, you send your 10 ADA, you get your ticket, and then, you know, in that process, then the filmmakers get paid, and, and the developer for making this thing gets paid. It's it's value-based economy. So then that is crowdfunding, and obviously the more the message of that documentary gets out, the more people are using the technology the more we're going to evolve and, and move forward in this. And um, yeah, I'm rambling a lot, but basically this is the first, first project that I've worked on as a videographer that I've like hundred percent been like confident hundred percent. Like, yes, like this is my work. Like every other thing that I've done is like, okay, like, yeah, I did a wedding or yeah, I did this thing, but <laughs> this is like, I'm so proud to be a part of it. And it's not about me at all. So it's funny. People saw the trailer. They're like, man, Steve is fucking looking crazy. And I was like, like, that's not me. I mean, I, I thought I thought it was you for a second too, just because like very similar story uh, as far as like like because it's in your in your website, you know, you say how for a while like people weren't really appreciating your art, and then they you like you found this community, and so like I thought, oh, like this is Steve, cool, like <laughs> here we go. Um, but but no, but what you're what you said is so true and, and indicative of that. Like case in point is the fact that. Almost everybody has felt that way about something at some time or another in their life. So to like broadcast that in a way that like echoes your story in a way and then can like be a template for everybody else's in a way is really cool. Exactly. Just just like I said with the other thing, like it's it's hopefully just gonna be a vehicle. You know, that this this documentary is gonna be a vehicle. And using the blockchain as that vehicle is gonna be cool. But I mean, honestly, like the team and I are at a, I mean, the team, it's just me and Crypto Merman. So it's just two of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess like we're at a point too, where it's like this story needs to be told so much that if this ticket system falls through, like we're willing just to put it up for free. Like, Hey, here's the link to YouTube or Vimeo, whatever. Like this, this is for you guys. And basically saying that like, Hey, if you got any value in this and you want to help support us, here's a wallet. Um, no pressure, but like it's there. Like that's that's really like you know worst. Case. That's not it. it. That would actually be like a good scenario for us because we feel like the energy that's involved in this like needs to be shared. Like ticket system or not, like we'd love to just get it out there. 
So yeah, if if it falls through and the developer and the technology isn't there, like we're willing just to be like, okay, people need to hear this regardless, and if they see value in us, you know, here's here's a wallet address, and um, which which that still like makes um, like what you were saying basically like a proof of work aspect, like a you know proof that this like people there's value to this. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a way of measuring that too. Um, in some ways, maybe even like because I feel like just. You know, these days with the oversaturation of everything like going on right now, you know, while Cardano's still growing and like, you know, has so many more updates to go through and all that. Um, like it's it's very much a like, okay, you really have to choose, you know, where you're putting your ADA kind of thing. Like, and so then whenever there's like a, a pay wall to something, then it's always like, oh man, another paywall kind of thing. So in some ways it's like the, you know, saying here, enjoy this content and then like putting the wallet up after is like I, I could almost see that doing like just as well if, if it yeah. did come down to that you know no. not not to like say that the other asp- yeah. uh, the other system wouldn't work well no, either for sure and there was a point where I was even trying to develop and like buy a node and like figure out the, the ecosystem like in a development standpoint to figure that out and I was just so frustrated I was so like demeaned about I was like uh so me and merman were just like ah oh, like this doesn't feel right so we talked about it and like honestly like if the ticket system works or not like it's yeah it's, it's a good scenario either way. And more than likely, what's going to happen is just like a theater. Like, let's say the ticket system works. Okay, that's that's only going to be the ticket system for you know, let's say three to six months. I don't know the timeline, whatever. And then that's the the I guess theater purchase to watch it early. And then you know, eventually, we're just going to put it out for free. So that's that's how the movie system works right now. Like, um, and what's funny too is even even if we do our best case scenario to like make this work in the blockchain, it's like. People are still going to record it. They're going to find the file. They're going to share it. Like, there's nothing we can, just just like torrenting like movies. There's nothing we can do. So um, there's almost an aspect of it that would feel better just releasing it for free. But um, yeah, we'll 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 figure it out. And um, yeah, but like so again, I'm rambling here. But think about this. And so you Please. said you said like okay, like people find value in it and like this proof of work system. Um, okay, if 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 we're able to tell the story well inside of you know the uh, country that uses this blockchain um how like what what kind of stories need to be told that's that's this good that need this kind of documenting around the world where has cardano been africa and like egypt like all these places like there what what have you seen from african egypt right like what, what have you seen not, I nothing mean, all i no all i saw was charles hoskinson on the camel for yeah, his birthday exactly <laughs> So it's like we need people, you know, whether it be Merman and I or not, like we need people on the ground telling these real stories of what blockchain is really doing around the world. And that I feel like okay, here's the craziest like full circle. That is like people seeing value in me to tell like good stories around the world. Like that that's amazing in itself. But like look look at this. Like look at the inter- interplanetary thing. Like if people trust me as a documentary or a storyteller enough to tell these stories around the world, Potentially, people will be like, "Oh, like I trust you enough to tell these stories on the fucking moon or Mars." Like, <laughs> it's so true, man. You know what I mean? So, like, that's it's so true. That's the craziest like epiphany I've had recently, and that's a little bit like you know, like dreaming and fantasizing about like what could happen. And I but don't, dude, it's it's sorry, sorry. To yeah. it, 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 but it all goes through like everything. It seems like that you're doing is in some way in an effort to like 
prep or just, you know, whether it happens or not, but prep for like the space documentary stuff, like every single action, it feels like sort of is leading towards that, which is really cool. Like that's, that's objective in some way, you know? Yeah. And like, that's kind of the craziest thing, you know, cause people, when I've said that, like, oh, I want to be an interplanetary space documentary. They're like, okay, that's cute kid. Like, okay, whatever. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, how do I do that? And this like, it's an interesting, it's an interesting aspect. And that would be like crazy if that actually happened. But Totally, um, yeah, like I never know. I, I definitely fantasize about it and like play like the what if um, could happen with this documentary and like, um, but, but at the same time, like the the failed artist like really pushes this thing of like whatever you put into the world. Like I'm pretty sure this is, like exact quote because we've been, I've been editing it, but he's like whatever you put into the world like have zero expectation on the outcome. You know, especially art like have zero expectation like of what's gonna happen and like that's when the true thing happens uh yeah. like the real which is like happens. one of the hardest things to do as a human being oh, is to yeah. like Just put energy go. or effort into something yeah and be like and i'm totally fine with this not ever working again like yeah <laughs> that's um th- there's this uh, international contemporary ensemble in new york city mm-hmm. called ice way cooler than a different ice <laughs> um they there's this one thing like claire chases the the head flute player and one of the founders and incredible minds like I was like totally stunned by everything I saw at like this conference she was saying. But one of the things she said that they had this program where as soon as like they would just try the most crazy ideas for like a concert, like whether it's venue or whether it's the material that they're doing in it or whatever. And like as soon as they got something to work and they got something to sell out, they'd cancel it. And they'd be like, okay, we got to try something else. And it was literally just like this place for them to just fuck with everything, to just like try different things. And like it was like a failure if it started working because it meant that like they were done trying new things in a way. Mm. Wow. So it's like very similar to kind of um, what you had just said, which I forget specifically what you had just said, but yeah, yeah, no, that, that's cool. I mean, yeah, it's it's cool. That it's like, oh, oh yeah, the, the being able to let go, let go. No, sorry, go for it. No, sorry, just being able to let go. That's just to finish the like like the, the aspect of like putting time and energy into something like like you're saying this artist said in the documentary, um, and then just like be like expect nothing from it and you know move on, continue with your life. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite aspects of um, the thing is like he explains currency as like a, a river and like it's flowing and you really just have to like let go of that thing into the river. And in that analogy, it's like it's going to hit some rocks. It's going to like get stuck up in a dam. It's like on its journey, it's going to be crazy to get all the way to like this ocean, whatever. So whatever you're creating into the world, you just let it go. Um, and that's something with my art too that I realized it's like I made this some of this art a long time ago and like even putting it on social media like you know back then it was like hard to like even have people view it and then not get it, it was even harder and then the craziest thing like mentally is like okay like I love this art so much that I'm willing to let it go and that's basically what it is on the blockchain is it's it let it go like I don't own it like it's not mine so as an artist that, that's that's hard for people to do so i mean uh, that that connects in a lot of things you know you love something so much that you just like let it go definitely because you love it so much like what, what was that like the first time you did that um like what was the experience like of like feeling that of like analyzing or processing it um <clears throat> yeah I, th- I think like honestly so those first like 80 nfts so i sold them in batches of 10 so i'm pretty sure lust was the first one and um, those sold for 25 ADA. <laughs> so 
So here's, here's something funny. So literally, like, I was out, like, running errands and, like, trying to, like, actually like, buy a car. And, like, I saw that, like, something sold or, like, someone messaged me on Twitter and was like, yeah, like, I want one. And I was literally, like, so giddy, like, excited. I was, like, you know, like, freaking stoked about, like, someone actually just wants to buy my work. And, yeah, like, sending that asset, I don't want to make it sound like it was, like, a spiritual moment. But, like, see, like, sending it, I was like, yeah, like, that is his forever. Like, this guy wants that forever. And then as those sold out, it's like, okay, that piece is no longer mine. Like, I... I don't own it. Like, sure, I might have the little freaking file on my computer, but I don't own it in terms of blockchain. So yeah, um, no, and like for with that as an example, like how long did you spend on that particular piece? Um, yeah, so that's that's funny. I pretty sure I made that piece in an attic in Vietnam. <laughs> Believe it or oh, not. Oh, cool. <laughs> so Damn. yeah, I was pretty fresh in my relationship and. Um, yeah, we were we were traveling. We traveled for three months, like backpacking Asia. So our first stop, we were doing, uh, we were in Vietnam, and we were just like in this like dinky attic. We were doing work for trades, so we were staying there. And I was like, I don't know, kind of like going through a lot, like just different aspects of like relationships and like moving around. And uh, I don't even know, like it doesn't really connect too much because it's like weird drippy shit going into each other's mouths. But like, um, <laughs> I don't know. I was just in a place where it's just like, you know, we kind of it was kind of representative of our relationship like we're messy like we're broken we're kind of like gross but we're still choosing to like kind of i guess love each other and be together even though like so like even just the, the heads being flipped it's like we come from different backgrounds we're, we're here in a very new scene so there's some contrast there and, and we're um yeah i don't know there's but there's, there's like some melding, honestly, some like, yeah, like you're saying all these disparate aspects. And but at the same time, like in there, it's, it's clear that there is a connection like yeah. In, in that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that one, I, I don't know. I probably spent, I don't know, two or three hours uh, accumulatively over a course of a few days, like trying to just like work on that. And then, yeah, like so back then I just like put it on social media and like obviously there's no way to communicate that story and like people didn't get it and the people like grossed out. They're like, Oh, what, what, what the fuck? Like, what is that? So yeah, that, that sat on my drive for probably two or three years. And so that was one of the pieces of like those first eight sets that I was like, Oh yeah, like I, I'm willing to let that go for the blockchain. And I, I think it's good enough. So, um, wow. Yeah. So I, it's like two or three year, like journey in a way. Yeah. No, I mean, to, to get there. So since I started photo, photo manipulation in middle school, I mean, that's been like a six year journey for me to like make this art and get it to a point where I'm happy with it. And I feel like it expresses enough emotion to finally like connect to people. Um, yeah. So it's, I mean, it's, it's totally crazy. Like the, the full circle stories with that. I'm sure, man. It must be such a cool experience. Um, going further into the process of like how you actually technically do this, like, can can you talk a little bit about that? Because, like, I I think of it. I guess like the only place I can come from with is music and how like one kind of does like a layering of different protocols like on top to get to certain places and however they choose to like put that in order. But like, how how do you approach it? You can be as technical as you want, uh, or just like. Yeah, I'm just really interested in your process and, and, and how you like get started on something and then see it through. Yeah, okay. So I use, if you go onto Adobe's website, they have like these old versions of Photoshop that are for free. So I'm a cheap ass and I just don't want to pay for like the new thing because it's like they have their old versions for free. So I think I have like CS5 or 6 or something. I don't know. So I just use like a really old version of Photoshop and 
I've learned Photoshop since middle school, so I understand how it works. But um, yeah, basically, the best way to explain that is, you know, those like Elmos as a kid, like it's, I think it was called an Elmo. It's like basically those like light projectors that you had in school and they put like the yes. plastic. Yeah, they, yeah. they put like the plastic like, thing on top. Magic marker on it. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like that in terms of layering. So you just like different layers stack on top of each other. So you have like base images that you'll work with. And then in Photoshop, you know, you can erase some things away, you can add to it, you can change the color of it, you can add highlights, you can add shadows, you can add different different things on top of it, you can move them around. So um, yeah, like that that is basically the best analogy. It's, it's kind of like those like clear layers that stack. So totally. That makes sense. You have different assets and you have different things that you want to work together. Um, you know, placing them is all based on you and how you feel and I guess whatever, but um, yeah, so basically you go in and, and you'll, you'll like find assets um, online. Um, mainly I use like Unsplash, which is like a CC0 license, which basically is like, you know, you can reproduce it and it's totally fine and um, the copyright stuff. But yeah, so you'll take these things and um, they, they see on their website, meaningfully manipulate them. So basically you can reproduce them and put them up as long as you meaningfully reproduce them. So yeah. it's yes. not like you like made it like a tint, you know, more dark or whatever. Yeah, that. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so you use these images and you can, you know, you highlight them, you shadow them, you add aspects, you make them drip, you make them, you know, work together in, in a space. And a lot of it, since it's on a 2D thing, it's hard to think of like the 3D implications. So when, when I add like a light source, right, in, in a 3D program, that's super easy because then the light just casts the, the, the light and the shadows perfectly. You don't have to do anything. You just hit render. I, I've messed around a little bit with 3D, but you, you add, like, you know, how powerful it is, how big it is, what temperature the, the light is, you know. Just like our 3D space and, like, video games, it, it casts those shadows. But in Photoshop, you can't really do that. So when I make a light source, I have to think about, like, where that's hitting, like, everything in the surrounding area. So when I add something, so, like, I don't know, like, the, the discovery piece, for example that light source at the top of the building, it has to interact with um, the girl, which is actually my girlfriend, which is funny. I don't think a lot of people know that. So the girl scuba diving, the the whale, the, the, the building, you know, like it has to interact with it and make sense like where it's hitting. So going in and taking each asset, you light it, you, you color it, you make sure it's representative, and then I'll shade it, you know, the, the shadows, where the shadow is being casted. Um, yeah. Mess around with a it lot of It sounds like that. that that takes a lot of time, I assume, the shadowing aspect for something that like, looking at it, you're just like, oh, cool, it's a shadow. For sure. Yeah, and I, I would say just being a photographer for that time as well makes me understand light and shadow. Because all photography is is the study of light. Like photons, like photography. It's the study of light. So, yeah, like understanding how light works is a big aspect of it. Um, yeah. So, That's, so, somebody was telling me recently at a video set, shoot, they're just, everything's about light. Like you can basically just like bottle everything down to like, it's just all about was the lighting good? Okay, let's shoot. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of crazy. Everything's about light. So, you know, yeah, a lot of the process and uh, a big chunk of it goes in time to like make sure that it makes sense uh, lighting wise. And then, you know, there's a big aspect of like, you know, cutting it out and trimming it and fading it and making sure it makes sense and blurs and sharpness and like how it actually like works in your eye. Um, it's subtle, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of those little things that kind of go into it. It sounds really like meditative in a way. Like I assume you have to really get involved in order to not let it just be like this technical. Like I must do this, then this, yeah. then this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like recently, I've found, uh, I guess, 
cannabinoids being a, hip, a big help to, I guess, get in that flow. So mm-hmm, um, without mm-hmm. sounding, I'm I'm a huge weed <laughs> uh, enthusiast. So you're you're in good company yeah. here. Yeah. So like, I guess yeah, that's another funny thing about cryptocurrency. There's no rules saying that you can or can't use drugs. So um, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> basically when I'm making stuff, like there's basically there's basically no art that I've done sober. Um, I definitely don't like to drink when I make this art, but yeah, um, definitely like some kind of cannabinoid or uh, edible or something. And uh, mm-hmm. just help yeah, it. it. Yeah. Totally. Like wave around. So, there, yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard to articulate, but, uh, yeah. So like when I'm in that state, I just get so zoned into everything and making sure that everything makes sense. And like, you really understand like the light, you really understand, you know, like the, the hue saturation, the, the curves, like you, you understand everything better. So that definitely helps me in my process. That's super cool. And it's nice that you like say that, you know, like, cause there can be the stupid stigma around it all, but it's so true. Like there's like, it changes your perspective in certain ways. And I've said to so many people, like I've looked at scores of orchestra pieces where if like, like I've taken experiences of me listening to it or studying it like high or whatever, uh, and like brought that into like sober land, and it's it's I, I view it differently because it, it allows you to. I mean, for everybody's different, of course, but for me, it allows me to kind of view it from different sides and angles in a much more like flow kind of state, um, like you're kind of describing. Yeah. It sounds like so. It's just nice that you're advocating a bit for that. Like, like yeah, it's, there's there's nothing you know that's totally awesome way, and I think more people should just be open to such experiences. You know, if, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, like as you know, as long as you don't overuse it, like there's a time and a place for it, and you got to be responsible about it. Like it's it does kind of just shift your mind, and you can't abuse it. You got to respect it, and yeah, like that that's the bad rap that I guess cannabinoids and psilocybin and all these other like helpful drugs get is like people associate them with like people that are like lost or broken or whatever. It's just like yeah, if if you abuse it and you don't understand that it's like could be helpful, but I mean, there's a safe and a, and a good way to use it, and um, there's a balance there. You, you know, you have, you have to definitely yeah, always have to a balance when and where. There, there's a time and a place. No, absolutely, absolutely, and and it makes sense why you know, like it, people use it as a way to escape. Not that it should be used in that way, but it's like it's like anything, though. Yeah, that's the thing is, it's like anything. People people can overdo anything. People can use anything to escape. Really, like. That's why, like, the content of something is so much less important than the function or the way it's being used. I always think in terms of that. Um, but anyway, getting a little sidetracked there. But no, that's, that's super cool to hear your process, and and it makes sense too. Like looking at everything, um, and just like it's very clear looking that it's not those like you know computer like and nothing against like algorithmically you know put together generated shit. But it's it's clearly not that. Like it's clearly like each thing is hand touched. Like yeah, and, it definitely um, comes through. I guess another aspect that's interesting to communicate about is like people are like, oh, that's the same thing, but it's just different colors. And I guess what's funny is like when I started doing it, so at these these ten, so like we're talking about lust, so nine of them are the exact same. Like there's no there's no differentiation other than the number, and people still wanted it to collect it. And the reason I only did that was like, okay, like you know, this piece takes me a lot of time and like, there's a lot of intention behind it. Like more people should hold this in their wallet than one person. So I literally just made this system where it's like, okay, nine of them are the exact same. And then the invert, the one that's inverted. So like that one, maybe there's some inherent value that people will see and want it because it's different. And that happened. And I kind of knew that was going to happen. But so in the, in the newer, in the newer art, so, um, 
with drip I made it's new but those are it's the same nine are the exact same ten's different and I was like okay yeah that's cool but as I'm evolving like I think people want it different so then starting with the it's funny I call it the luminosity so those ones this is just different color and you know maybe some people connect with uh, different hues differently and you know it's it's the same piece but different color so now with my you know recent ones like discovery and then equilibrium they're they're the same thing but I go in and I light it different colors so it has some kind of difference to it so I guess like the argument against that is like people are like oh it's the same thing it's like okay you can go to the 10,000 drops if you want you know something that's yeah tell me how much that is the same thing and and it's just a funny thing to say anyway when like i mean zooming out a lot it's like how many chord progressions are like one four five for anybody who's not familiar that's like an incredibly common chord progression and like you could say it's the same thing like but it's not people put tints on it it's you know yeah. variation what's, that's, that's what's the whole funny point, musically like, connecting so. us is i was a i was a drummer for 10 years so <laughs> i was part of like this like i don't know it was kind of like a mega church it's probably like it was a bigger church and I was doing the drums and stuff. And, um, yeah, like musically, I'm really connected to music. I'm really connected to that aspect. And, um, I guess something interesting on that for you is like, yeah, so I, I was literally a drummer for a decade. And then because I kind of associated some of the things I was doing with that, with like religion of church, I kind of took a little hiatus on it. And I actually like haven't touched a set in like, I don't know, like four or five years. So it's, it's kind of crazy. It's it's not like necessarily a bad thing. It's just like different different things in my life changed, and that um, priority took a back seat. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like people ask me like that. No, kind of like my past of a drummer. They're like, oh, like how's drumming? Like whatever. As you're traveling and stuff, I'm like, dude, like I have not done it. It's it's crazy. So yeah, like musically, I um, understand a lot of stuff like chord changes and beats, and I was. Back in the day, I was, I was messing a lot with, like, different time signatures. Um, like, just, so, like, yeah, like, moving from different time signatures. Song um, was, was fun. So there's a couple different uh, artists. So, so Falling Up, like, it was my funny, like, punk rock stage. Uh, they're kind of like a, I don't know, they, they play around with time signatures a little bit. Um, but, yeah, it's, it, was, it, was, it was fun. It was a good time. Nice, definitely. Yeah, no, all the t- time signature, like polyrhythmic, like all that stuff. I'm, I'm all about that. I love it so much. Yeah. So cool. Um, could talk about that for a long time, but yeah. So as far as, um, as far as like other, because I know like the, you have a really interesting path, like the way you got into the Cardano community and everything. How like now, or I guess even before uh, your stuff got popular and and brought in with everything, or or during after, like what sort of other CNFT projects do you look at, if any, like, you know, no judgment either way. I'm, I'm just curious, like, what what do you look for in projects? Not You don't have to, like, call it specific ones. I'm not trying to, like, shill or do any of that kind of thing. Yeah. But um, but just, like, what are, what are the things you look for, really? Um, yeah, so it's, it's the blessing of, like, the, the data and the capital that I have at my disposal. I feel like I need to be very responsible about not, um, like, using properly. So... Um, yeah, like I definitely don't do any of the like ten thousand anything. Like it's it, the only the only break from that is yeah, which is like streets that shift with that in an interesting way they're doing it. Um, but it, yeah, if, if anything looks like too similar, like I'm probably like I don't know, probably not. But yeah, like lately, um, instead of looking at like roadmaps or or, or their white papers or whatever, 
it's more like when I talk to people, I, I think I have a pretty good like sixth sense on like, um, I guess hearing someone's like real intentions. Like I, I feel like I can kind of like sniff that out pretty well. So whenever I get the opportunity to like actually talk to the people involved, whether it be like the, the, the head team, the, the marketing team, whatever, like I can sniff out if people are just wanting the money or people like have a bigger flat mind. So I guess that gauge is different for everybody. So for me personally, like I, you know, want to support people that are actually doing something, um, like in it, like mentally or like productive or spiritually. Um, that's that's important to me for like my bigger goal of what cryptocurrencies connect with. Um, so yeah, like anything that like follows those lines, I'm into. Um, I've I've gotten to a couple little drops on Soul for like gaming. Um, had a really, really bad experience with Soul, like my first time just getting rugged. There's a lot of rugs on Soul, but um, I, yeah, I got to some gaming uh, things there, and that, that's like super long term, and that's risk if like if they actually deliver on the game or not. And so I'm just gonna keep those in there. There's the, the recent one, the little Pixel Pixendo thing happening on Cardano, like that's I got a few of those little ships. Um, so like. Yeah, like some, some gaming things. Um, I got some Ergo, so just, you know, in case that, that dex goes crazy. Um, I, I, I don't know, I, just, I, just, I feel like I've just been like pretty like slow and responsible about it. Like I, I obviously like stake my ADA, so like it's in a, in a wallet, it's, it's, it's protected with a ledger. Like um, I have a safe for like my freaking ledger and my password and stuff. Like I'm being very, very responsible about like every step about how to protect this capital and use it right. Um, yeah, so with with that too, just like yeah, anything that I go into, I just have to make sure it makes sense and it's not just like a hype play. And um, I guess like taking a step back from crypto, like that's really what this whole market is about: is supporting things that you believe in and not supporting things that you don't. So everyone has to make that decision for themselves. But me personally, it's like you know evolving the community, you know, whatever, whether it be gaming, evolving the community, whether it be mentally, evolving the community, whatever, anything that I feel like is a step back, I'm very hesitant about getting into, slash, I won't. So, um, yeah, like, it's, as this thing evolved, it's moving fast, and we have to all constantly be, like, evolving with it, or, you know, just like other people are getting left in the dust not being into crypto, we're going to get left in the dust doing, like, the old things that used to work. Absolutely. It's that weird, like, layering, but, like, it's like those mirrors, you know, when you see, like, two mirrors, like, yeah. going, like, for infinity, it kind of seems like. Well, I guess it technically is. It's like that. It feels like each hole, like, each crypto hole, whether it's, like, cryptocurrencies uh, in general or, like, Cardano NFTs, Sol NFTs, whatever. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like as soon as you're like, oh, this is how it works, it's like, nope, it's changed. <laughs> like, exactly. got to keep moving. Yep. Yeah. So... Nice. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of where I've like been in projects recently is mm-hmm. basically like the evolution of this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, it'll be exciting to see what happens with all the games. Like, obviously, you know, every project that promises a game is not going to deliver, but it'll be really cool to see the ones that do and the ones that like start the trends to kind of like make it uh, long term viable. Yep. Exactly. So, nice, man. Um, okay. Couple, couple more things before I let you go. Um, Star Wars. What's your favorite Star Wars? <laughs> what's, uh, what's your movie? Yeah, so I watched episode three in the theaters and like had that moment at Epiphany realizing that Anakin was Darth Vader. So I feel like that always stuck with me. 
so that's probably just has to be my favorite just because I had that like oh shit moment as a kid like damn so that one always that's probably like a tender spot in my heart totally man and and also like the last like the last third of that movie like with Obi-Wan I, I just gained so much respect for Obi-Wan in that like that was like okay he's like going against somebody who's literally like a brother to you it's just like oh my god as a kid, I probably didn't get that, but like, yeah, as I rewatched it as an adult, I was like, damn. Like, yeah, there's a lot of deep things in it, and it's funny. I, sh- I showed my girlfriend Star Wars, and I was like, you know, we watched all of them. And I was like, how was it? She's like, mm, it's okay. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, no. no. <laughs> yeah, man, it's such a, a such a world, I, a universe, and it's incredible. Have, have you seen Mandalorian? Uh, I watched the first season, and it was really slow, and I haven't since doing all the things I've been doing. I haven't been really watching shows lately. I've just been way too in the rabbit hole of everything that I'm doing, but I probably will watch it. I've, I've heard that the second season is a little bit uh, not as slow and it's, it's better, so I'll probably um, get into that more. It definitely moves faster. I will say, because um, I was personally like a huge, huge fan of the first season because of that like almost staticism in a way, because it just reminded me so much of the OG, like the original trilogy. I was just like, it just got those vibes. I mean, if you if you're and you seem like life right now, wise, you're in a place of just move, 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 which is like awesome. Um, but like, if you're ever in a place of just like, you know, like super chill, or whatever. Like, I, I definitely that I'll give it another, you know, another chance or something because because I would say honestly, the second season, I thought it was worse because it was more, it was fast paced for sure, but it was just much more like cookie cutter. Like, oh, okay, we need to like check off the boxes for the TV show and have these action scenes like every, you know, thing and all that. Whereas like the first one was just like those Star Wars vibes, just so cool. And uh, and like the ending of that first episode, man, where you see like Baby Yoda and him like touching fingers almost like E.T. wise, like, you know, <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, I was on the newer Star Wars, I was definitely bummed about the, 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 the last three. Oh, oh my god, dude! That the last one was awful. I th- what did what do you think of episode uh, eight though? The uh, the one where Luke stays on the planet the whole time. Um, yeah. So like of seven, eight, and nine, eight was probably the most interesting. I, shit, I'm trying to remember. All I remember is nine, the, the whole like Palpatine thing, and so dumb. I actually so dumb. Like, busted out laughing. And, like, <laughs> the, the lightning came out of his fingers, and there was that huge eight oh eight bass sound. And I was like, oh, my God, this is not happening. <laughs> I know, dude. It was awful. My friend was like, was the editor like on coke or something? The first five minutes is just like, bam, 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 and then just like, oh yeah, by the way, Palpatine's back. Just like drop that bomb casually. <laughs> yeah. Crazy yeah, that man. That was something. Definitely, definitely. Uh, cool. No, just just curious. It's always interesting to how people's perspectives on that stuff like relate um, to their art and all that. Uh, but what what are like uh, just going off that? Also, what are your like top like top couple like? W- doesn't have to be it could be movie, TV shows, just like things that like have inspired you and made epiphanies like episode three. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, Contact. I think it's with Jodie Foster. That, that movie was really cool. It's, it's a little older, but um, the technology wasn't as good for it, for, like, digital stuff. But uh, that story of just, like, contacting things, um, I guess, that are not of this world, just being so different and not what we expect. Uh, I guess, like, Arrival, same thing. Like, you know, whatever we contact, it's, it's going to be so different. And then, like, Annihilation. So, like, yeah, like, th- those movies play with the idea that, like, 
whatever like intelligent life we come into is just going to be so different than what we expect. It's not going to be anything what we expect. So we got to start playing with those ideas that it's not going to be anything like us. So yeah, those those movies in terms of, like space and stuff definitely like lit like a light bulb. Um, let's see. Yeah, and that concept too. Uh, while you're thinking, like that concept of. Um like, we, we always put, like, these humanoid aliens and all that stuff. It's, like, and the whole thing, like, in religion, too, to bring it back to religion, how, you know, like, God made man in his image, as they say, like, whether you subscribe to that or not, where it's, like, no, nah, like, <laughs> this stuff is so, we're just the fish in the fishbowls. We literally cannot even perceive what it would actually be. It's just, yeah. like, we, but we take what we know and we just force it onto other things, like, project it onto other things, it seems like so much. Yeah. Um, okay, I, I, yeah, definitely. Um, another Other thing, mm-hmm. Disney's soul, as cheesy as it sounds, yes. is probably yes. a huge. I mean, obviously, like the music connection and then like the spirit connection. Like, there's there's so many things. Like, literally, the whole movie, I was like thinking, I was like, okay, like the Disney teams when I was growing up was like, let's make the lions and the bugs talk. They're like, <laughs> yeah, like, okay, that, yeah, let's do that. And then as it's coming to like the 21st century, like you know, 2021, I think it came out. It's like. You know, the animation team is like, oh, all right, what do we want to talk about? They're like, existentialism. They're like, yeah, that's that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> so, uh, it's just, I don't know. It was it was great that they have like these bigger, I guess, things that they're trying to teach people through these stories. And yeah, like I think I think they just did a really killer job and kind of just bridged like in a interesting visual way, like the the spirit world and, and the human world, and um, it, it, it's it's fun. So yeah, that one. Um, speaking of animated bugs, Bugs Life is probably everyone should rewatch that before, right? Right when Bitcoin's taking over and it becomes the nature thing, everyone should watch a Bugs Life and realize that we're all these ants in control of grasshoppers. <laughs> that, I gotta check it. It's been a while, man. Yeah, like basically all the ants realize that these things that are governing over these grasshoppers don't have any power. They have power as a whole. But oh damn! I don't know. I'm probably gotta... thinking. I'm thinking too deep into these Disney movies. No, no, I love it. I love it, man. I'm I'm all about that, too. I I use these things as, like, uh, ways to live, like, parables, kind of, you know? Because I'm like, because in my opinion, it's all made up anyway, any of the, you know, religious stuff. So it's like, we may as well do stuff that we're saying is actually made up and use that as, like, our our basis instead of pretending it's not, uh, in my humble opinion. Sorry if I offend anybody. Um, But... But yeah, no, that's, that's super cool. I'll definitely check out Bugs Life. I remember Ants more than I do a Bugs Life because I remember they came out at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was weird. Right? <laughs> Very strange, yeah. Um, cool, cool. No, thanks for humoring me there. I just always interested in what people are interested in with that. Um, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I was just talking to, I guess, the dev with the ticketing system for our thing. It's like, he really gets that, like, at the end of the day, like, how we evolve is through stories. And, um, yeah, I guess, like, bridging that together is, like, the stories that I'd possibly be able to tell for this beautiful community is, like, really what's going to change the mindset of the community as a whole. So, um, yeah, it it feels like a bigger picture thing, like, realizing that, like, the stories is really what's going to change people. And movies are just stories that people are trying their best to communicate. And, yeah, like, it has the potential to, like, change people's mindset. So stories is what we've been doing since we've been cavemen but that's how we relate and evolve so yeah stories are super important and, and it's so cool to see it in that lineage too because it's so true it's it's all it's just building off of humanity that came before us in that sense and mm-hmm. yep. 
And yeah, and what a better way to like communicate with people than than that? I mean, it's yeah, it's awesome. Um, really respect what you're doing with that. Uh, last thing I'll leave you with is uh, on Twitter. Somebody said this recently in like the last day or two. I thought it was really cool, uh, and I think you retweeted it as well. Uh, I came to realize that not series by Steve Three PO really toys with the idea that one day, thousands of years from now, a lonely astronaut helmet floating in some remote galaxy may be the only memory left of humanity, and some other form of life may really find shelter in it. Which and he, um, the person uh, who tweeted it, was holding up one of your knots, like a physical uh, rendition of it, and um, it was one of the octopuses, red octopus, I believe, inside. So, what, like, what is what does that make you think of? What is how, how do you react to that? Like, what, what does that spur in your brain? Yeah, no, it's it's honestly that was I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah, that was really cool for me to like basically give this art out to the community and let them basically decipher and decide like what it means. And um, you know, like it's funny. I actually learned from that. Like, you know, I was just kind of putting these scenes in these helmets because it seemed cool and um, yeah, like it, it was fun to make. And I I don't know if I even thought too deep on that too much. Um, but it was just cool to me that's like, okay, I've given this art to the community, they can decide whatever they want, and look, now they're even, like, thinking deep, and they're making them ask questions, and they're, you know, like, doing the things that I wanted to do in their own way, and learning about it themselves. So, to me, that was just, like, another, like, bridge-connecting moment of just, like, yes, like, these, these people, like, really get what I'm doing, and really understand it, and, um... Yeah, like it was, I don't. That was just really kind of like special for me. Definitely, definitely, and like what you said there, the questions that are. I feel like good art makes you ask questions. Oh, I just realized I put my phone so awesome. somewhere else for like the last bit. Um, I just I just moved my phone back. Oh, it's all good, man. <laughs> no worries. We'll we'll figure out some magical way to to make it sound good um, with that. But but cool, man. I, I, anything else like you want to talk about before we uh, sign off? I mean, I guess just like interviewing, like, uh, why, 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 why Cardano for you? And, and also just on that, like, why, what did you For sure. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I, I appreciate the questions. Uh, uh, so Cardano, first off, like, you know, I, I'm super um, new to the space as well. I just like got into, I went like full into crypto in March, really, in terms of being like, okay, like I'm a convert this is definitely the way that things should go in the future and they probably will go in the future. Um, I shouldn't even say probably, I really see it as like inevitable. Um, so, and then, and then researching, um, the first time I ever saw that Cardano existed was from a Google search. Uh, and it, I just had read that, like one of the co-founders of Ethereum left and made this. And I was like, Oh, that sounds interesting. And I looked into more and I mean, Charles Hoskinson, like just his ideas, it just makes sense. And the way he articulates them, it just all makes so much sense to me. And I was like, okay. And then it also made me wonder why the hell everybody else isn't on board. But then it reminds you how society can be really crazy and stupid at times. Especially when you talk to these ETH and Bitcoin maxis who just say, like, how stupid. Like, I was talking to this one dude who I went to college with who he was early in Bitcoin, real early. And, um, and now he's like super ETH polygon maxi. And I was like, hey, you ever heard of Cardano? And he's like, Cardano's utter shit. Like, stay away from it. And I was just like, you, I was like, it shows you literally have no clue. Like, you literally haven't even looked at it if that's what you're saying. Like, so there's just so much happening. So, so anyway, just the ideas behind it and, and truly changing the system is like why I am so um, behind Cardano and long term on it and 
people complaining about the dips, you know, right now and eToro delisting is just to me, I'm like, come on, guys, this is this is stupid. <laughs> um, but then, but then interviewing you, I, I really want to make so so I I saw that like um one of the things Charles Hoskinson said was that like Cardano has the best artists. And he took like an example a couple of years ago. Uh, I forget what his name is. He, he, he does like some drops right now. Um, like these card drops. They're pretty cool. Um, but Hoskinson said that. And I was like, man, that is totally true between like unsigned algos. And then like seeing when you came on the scene um, and like a bunch of others. Um, I was just like, man, it is about the artists. Like, and so far I haven't seen anything in the space yet that um, just like centers the artists. It's much more about like projects and can we flip this for times 10 and like all that stuff, which don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I, I'm not like financially that well off. Like I'm, I'm all for people like becoming financially well off through, you know, certain like assets, whether it's NFTs or cryptos, uh, you know, while still keeping integrity, of course, and, um, and all that. But, but I was like, man, it would be so cool to just like talk to people about that, um, especially since I have so many perspectives on it with my own experience in music. Uh, so, so yeah. And then, and then I figure I want to start off with like, you know, first three interviews, I want it to really not be some hype machine thing. Um, and I want it to be a nice, like smorgasbord of like, you know, different. Cause like, for instance, you and Alex, like, you know, think so differently about art and it's, but I like, I value both of your guys stuff like so equally in, in the sense of like, you know, it's truly like what you guys, it's, it's very genuine. It's, it's just super genuine. And that's, I think the number one thing I'm, I'm looking for, um, in interviewing people. So, so it was awesome when you responded and you were down. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, that, that's cool to hear your kind of mindset on it. And um, yeah, like with Cardano, it, yeah, when you think of like something working in like an entire community, like a, an entirely new world commu- like currency, like you don't think of it like competitive and tribalism, like people being mad at each other and like whatever. Like you think of people being nice and people being like understanding and like helpful. So like... <laughs> Yeah, like it doesn't make sense to me. Like, if people really want Ethereum or whatever to be like the world economy, no one's gonna want to be onboarded if you're just like, oh, you're fucking shit. You can't buy my. I can buy a Lambo with my thing. It's like nobody, nobody wants to come on board. If you no, them like especially that. what and, and then like, it's like you can't even buy like a twenty dollar thing without paying like a hundred dollars in gas fees and all oh, that shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's another funny thing about my art thing is huh. I tried to put my piece of. It's called I call it balance mm-hmm. onto Ethereum mm-hmm. on Ethereum I think it's called Space Yang okay. but it lives there and nobody can buy it you know why because I, I what no it's it's not even that I don't I think in order for me just to list it it's uh, like three or four hundred dollars in fees what like, I don't even want to do that that's insane just for me to man. just for me to get it I guess like in my wallet costing me like i don't know it's like three or four hundred dollars and back then i was like jesus christ like, I'm not doing this. and then i finally got it like ready and i like minted it and they're like okay do you want to list it i was like yeah i want to list it they're like okay that'll be another four hundred dollars i was like are you serious it's insane man it's insane so that's that's another reason why i moved to cardano just as an artist like yeah. aside from the mentality it just it makes so much sense like yeah. you do not want to spend eight hundred dollars to put one piece of art up it, yeah, dude. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. Because then you're banking on, just from a monetary standpoint, at least you're banking on getting that back. And like, that's, you know, never like, I mean, or maybe not banking, but it's like, one shouldn't have to think about those questions when just trying to like put their art out into the world. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, there, there should be a better like, you know, onboarding solution for just artists. Like it should not be these like projects and like big things right now. And yeah, like, I guess that's part of my mission is like understanding that like, 
every artist can be on this platform. It's so cheap, it's so accessible, and that's, um, I hate to keep, like, shilling out the documentary, but, like, that's really, like, what I'm trying to do with this documentary is, like, everybody can do this. Like, even people that are older and failed and whatever, like, anybody can do this. 12-year-old kid can do this if we make it easy. Totally, totally. Yeah. Which is the globalist aspect, I think, that comes into play with that so much because, like, there there is a market for people out there always. Like, it's like there's somebody who likes... You know, somebody makes something, chances are somebody will like it. You know, of course, how many? Who knows? But, like, with the advent of something like Cardano, like a global system like that, you actually have access to people like that. And you actually have, like, people who can transact with that stuff. And, like, that's, I mean, it's just, you know, in art, obviously, it's amazing. But in the rest of the world, too, in the different sectors and how many lives it can improve and change, I mean, I think the sky's the limit. Exactly. Yeah. So, so cool. There with you on that. Definitely, man. Cool. Thank you so much for doing this. And um, and yeah, man, I, I just appreciate your time and being willing to talk and super interesting. I love hearing your perspective on everything. Super cool. Yeah, no, that's cool. I'm, I'm glad you took the time to interview me as well. It, it means a lot. I mean, this is my like kind of first interview. So oh, sweet. <laughs> um, you know, again, fantasizing. That'd be funny if we look back and it's like, oh, yeah, I've talked to Alan. <laughs> Definitely. Hey, who knows what the future will bring, man? But I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad I'm meeting people like you and all these others in the Cardano community and uh, connecting with like-minded folks. So it's it's really like that. That's the true like beauty of all of it. So yeah, totally. And I'm I'm glad you're on that journey. And I'm glad. Uh, yeah, I guess we just like met and connected. So that's that's cool. Definitely, man. I'm hoping this can be like a nice resource for um, just for CNFT people or just like check out and just understand a little bit more like what goes on underneath the curtain. Yeah, no, and, and I think that's actually you, you're, what you're doing is like a really viable thing because it's like if you really want to get to know an artist before you buy their work, like what you have to do currently is like stock their Twitter, stock their Discord, like <laughs> yeah. make sure like they're whatever. But if, if you have a platform where someone can share their heart and their intent behind their art and someone can just take an hour or two to listen to that, then you can make a, d- a decision of, okay, is this artist or is this person or is this project, whatever, worth my time and value? And there is definitely an application for that. So I'm glad you're trying to, I guess, capitalize that and utilize that well because, yeah, as this evolves, there's going to be more and more situations that uh, make sense for this. So totally. I can Thanks, tell you're man. thinking you're thinking further ahead. You're thinking past these like hype things. So that's, trying. that's cool. Trying, man. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. It's nice to hear that validation as well on the other side because, as you know, it's, it's just such a weird journey starting something new. You're just like constantly telling yourself like, no, this is a good idea. Like, Just keep going. Just keep going. But like all the other things are nagging on you, you know, so it's, it's nice to hear that support. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you're thinking like that, think of like any evolution of anything, really. Like, you know, the first person to take uh, a chisel to a piece of marble, they're like, what, what are you doing? You're wasting your time. You're wasting your energy. But then, you know, people made these amazing statues with it. So like that's kind of an analogy for Bitcoin and crypto, too, is like people are like, what are you doing? This is stupid. But then you can make something beautiful out of it. So, yeah, yeah. No, you're 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 doing something good. So. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it a lot. Awesome, dude. I'll uh, I'll be in touch. And yeah, however, uh, if if you can get over via Twitter the audio file, and if not, we'll we'll figure it out. That'd be great. Cool. All right, man. Yeah, I, I appreciate your time. You got it, man. Definitely. Have a great day. All right, you too. Much love. Thanks for listening to Artists on Cardano. To support us in our mission of documenting artists on the Cardano blockchain, please consider donating ADA to Dollar Sign Arts on Cardano. We will continue this work no matter what, but a bit of financial help is always appreciated. Thanks for your support.